The Pinball Network is online. Launching Triple Drain Pinball Podcast. Tom, are you ready? Yes. Wonderful. Travis, you look great. Are you Thank feeling you. good? You ready? You ready to go? Yep. Feeling pretty and, good. Thank and you. And Josh, welcome. Are you ready for this? Thanks, man. I'm always ready for this shit. <laughs> all right, here we go. That is not at all the right button. That the was not. Is online. <laughs> Launching. Crap. All right. We got to start over. Again. No, awesome. start start over. You guys don't that do this. That's the first time. That is the first time that's ever happened. Roll with it. All right, we're rolling with that. You don't do this in post. That's kind of awesome. Nope, you guys just nope. Yeah, clearly not doing in post is working well for us. So here we go with this. That's not it either. Nope. Dude, we don't have the actual. It's gone. I told you it was all your fucking fault. This is so embarrassing, Josh. I am. Okay, well, apparently we don't have our theme song. No, it sure wouldn't. They don't. Uh, Somehow you guys are making less progress than I am on Cactus. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> Do we not have... I don't know what happened to the trip. Uh, whatever. Okay. Fuck it, I'm I playing Rush. Uh, I think I have it here. I think I have it here. And... Yeah. Oh, God. We're three guys who like to talk and So we came up with a clever name. We're Joel and Travis now who talk and Okay, I apparently wasn't ready. No, I wasn't. Hey, that was <laughs> that a way was, to start. That was shit, Sherlock. That was clear. That was by what are we? Episode thirty six. That's <sighs> that shows thirty five episodes of experience at least. I mean, we were all waiting for Joel. That was the freaking problem. I so you know no everybody nobody wants to hear about Zencaster at the beginning of the episode, but Zencaster here, you <laughs> put your soundboard at the top, and I start on the left and click to the right, and uh, Triple Drain intro was not there. But TPN triple drain intro, well, whatever. Nobody cares. Yep, um, good story, bro. Yeah, Let's yeah, 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 yeah. So apparently the listeners want us to put in timestamps of when our pinball conversation starts. No. So no. <laughs> that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Honestly. That'd be that'd be pretty nice. You Josh, you want to skip forward through, you know, this the 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 whatever you call it's, this? It's nice watching each of your guys' faces <laughs> when you're listening to your own intro song. There's <laughs> like Thank a, you. a version of like love it yeah. <laughs> like i've heard it a lot embarrassment there's all mm. all your guys faces are, there's so many emotions well it's a good song and somebody made a video for us so i just i feel like we can't cut it out it's too good but um, it is it's I, solid it's yeah. really nice all right well um this is this has started off so well this has started off so well um we have a guest tonight we have a guest tonight josh sharp the one the only he is here Ooh. um i'm glad you're here um and you're here because uh tom is mad at you and you need to defend some of the decisions that you have made single tear coming down my eye right yes so we're not going to put timestamps on pinball talk but maybe i'll put a timestamp on tournament talk because we're diving right (laughs) we're going to dive right into some tournament talk um and i know some people genuinely don't care but what i will say is i used to be one of those people i used to not care but obviously doing the Grabs podcast you with, in. yeah Sucks I, you in, do, man. doing the podcast with these two guys but is a big part of it but also i i didn't realize actually how important like the tournament scene is and i just and what i mean by that is um like a lot of the rules a lot of the rules in modern code 
are as good as they are because of the tournament scene. We have amazing players that have stepped into different roles in pool in pinball companies like yourself, Josh, that are bringing experience and and they want to make the code as polished and as great as it possibly can be. And obviously you see that with like Tim Sexton, Ray Day. You see that with Keith. Uh, I know JJP has their Keith and their Joe Cat, like tournament players that are very good. I probably forgot somebody and I'm sorry. Martin Roberts. <laughs> Roberts, he's a tournament player. Like people that are that that are really experienced in that and understand we need to account for this in modern code. And we need to make sure that that modern code is fun for me, the novice, and also fun for the U3, for the tournament players. So um, yes, tournament talk is important. That's what I'm saying is um, if you're not, even though you don't play tournaments, I still think it's important to like, I don't know, respect them. I, I don't, I, I'm pretty Man, sure you just, you, you, you break like, like you're making 13, it sound, thousand. You're, yeah. you're making it sound more important than I think I even think. It is, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I got sucked into it and I've, I've played in one tournament. I've played in one tournament, but that um, 89th place, Joel, that got you hooked in it. Yeah. I was higher in Monica. Remember? That is true. You That's were all over That's that. What I remember. I had one goal. I had one goal. I think she had stopped playing. Like, I think she had stopped. It was a uh, pump and dump, and she had stopped. She discovered she the stopped bar pumping and, and her girlfriends yep. is what happened. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, what are we talking about? So, Josh, apparently in the, in, the world of, in, in the world of tournaments, in pinball tournaments, you're kind of a big deal, right? I mean, you're... Uh, at the top, you are the top of the food chain. Is that right? Is that how would you describe yourself? Yeah, that is I incorrect. Mean, <laughs> I'll let inc- Tom, Tom explain it. <laughs> no, I, no, I'm not explaining. I, if I started. Uh, I, I've been playing competitively since I was 13 years old. So my first event ever was 1993. So I've been in this scene a long time for two thirds of my life, more than two, a long time. Holy moly. And even before that, with the stuff that my dad and Steve Epstein were doing with Papa in the early eighties for league play before they kind of moved on to international level tournaments, it's a side of pinball that I have always been extremely passionate about. And as I've gotten older and more in the scene, like it's doing starting the rankings back in 2006 was just a way for me to express my love for the game and, and something that I felt could add to the entertainment value for at least back then trying to indirectly compare players to one another who never got to play against each other. I mean, back then it was like Expo, Papa, see you next expo it was yeah, kind yeah, of the, yeah. the whole tournament calendar besides local leagues and stuff but i mean outside of the few europeans that would come over for papa or for expo i you'd never see any of those people and that's changed now you know 30 years later but in the 90s and 2000s it was it, there was no real good way of comparing yourself to your peers outside of like the people I played in Chicago or the, uh, you know, the, the random people that showed up to the two tournaments a year that I went to. Yeah. So you, um, you created or founded the IFPA. I did right? not. No. So the IFPA was, cre- it was an industry association in the nineties. My dad actually helped found it back okay. then. 
And your dad and is Roger Sharp. He is Roger. Pinball, yes, that shot, guy. That whole guy. Yep, big deal. Yep. The mustache, the <laughs> yep. dude. And so, all due respect, I actually respect that kind of the guy, but everybody, yeah, Roger Sharp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. So he, uh, <laughs> IFPA went defunct in when pinball was crashing, 95, 96, as, as stuff started to, to peter out. And I started the rankings as its own separate fun spreadsheet while I was out of college, not working in a cube, staring at the same spreadsheet for days on end. Okay. And my dad had reached out to the association that owned the IFPA that was just sitting dormant for a decade. And we negotiated the rights for us to take it over. Nice. Nice. So when did, maybe explain it, but what is a Whopper? And when did the Whopper enter into the scene? February 2006 <laughs> was the first Whopper standings that were created. So it's a, it's a ranking point. It's a point of currency okay. with respect to uh, the more events you play in, the more Whoppers you earn. And it's World, world Pinball world? Player Rankings. Whopper. Got it. Whoppers. Whopper for short. Okay. How many do you have, Joel? They're delicious. I got all the Whoppers. All I of, almost all want almost a full Whopper, right? Yeah. It's, suck, suck that, Travis. I think, yeah. think 1.6. <laughs> oh, there yeah. you go. Crushing there, it. There we go. So, okay. Whoppers. Got it. So, um, it entered, you said 2006, and explain explain the significance of it, or why why is it that Ray Day lays awake at night just dreaming of the Whoppers, all the Whoppers? Because of his ego. <laughs> I mean, and, that, I mean, that's really it. He'll he'll tell you that. Like, it's the reason why. I mean, 2006. I wanted to find a way to declare that I was better than Jorgen Schmorgen from Sweden, who I yeah, never that met. That guy. That guy. So, <laughs> developing a point structure where I can play what I play in, and Jorgen Schmorgen can play what he plays in, and. That's not a real guy, right? I'm not not laughing at a real guy. guy. Okay, Jorgen Holm is a real guy, but I didn't want to like call him out. So Uh, we we had such a great opportunity. Jorgen Schmorgen. He won't be playing in Germany, or else I probably would have now called him Jorgen Schmorgen all weekend. He'd have no idea why. Uh, Jorgen Schmorgen. Okay, you know, I mean, it all stems from my ego back in the mid 2000s of feeling like I was pretty good. Not Keith Mm -hmm. Elwin good back then, but like. I'd be willing to fight anyone on a game of pinball anytime, anywhere, like, let's go. So, you know, it, it was a vanity project for me and continues to be for me. I mean, there's a, there's a really large selfish nature to this whole thing because okay. the number of hours that I've put in, certainly back when it started and without the volunteers that I have now, too many life hours to, uh, not be getting something out of this for myself. Okay. So it really is a, a way for people to show how good they are among a sea of very good players. So, okay. So I'm going to do something that that's, that's probably dumb, but this is after, so listening to all the podcasts and participating in this, I've never, I've never read in there goes Travis. Oh, that's the first right one. On cue. First Man, of many. So good. First of many. I tried fixing it. I swear. Go ahead, Joel. Right. Okay. So, in my this is this is what I've um, learned, or I think I know. So a whopper is gained at a tournament. So you're you're playing a tournament, and a, and a whopper is all about 
Um, it like if I if I went to my local tournament and I'm the best guy there and I win, that that doesn't mean nearly as much as Tom going to District 82 and winning his Tuesday night league because the competitiveness or the the, the quality of players at a place like District 82 is higher than potentially the quality of players at my local tournament. So there's like a waiting system of you, like a, a first place at, at, at one person's Tuesday night league may be worth way more whoppers than a first place at somebody else's it. league. So it. it's so, but there's math behind all that. There's, there's a lot that, of math. There's a lot of math and a lot of trying to figure out, well, how is it, how do you, how do you value one person's or what you, and it, it all, it all depends on, well, how many, how many um, high ranking players are playing in that same tournament as you are? Um, because sure, if I host a tournament with 20 of my family members, I don't know, there's probably a limited number of people that participate, a limited number of games. But if nobody there plays pinball and I win, I can't just be like, boom, I just won 100 whoppers, you know, praise me because the other 19 people suck. But if you do a tournament with 20 top ranked players, then yeah, winning that tournament's a big deal. That actually deserves whoppers. Is that a, is that, is, that at all accurate like does that it is, make it is okay. yeah so quality of players and quantity of players both feed the value of the event along with like the quality of the tournament with respect to are we playing one ball on your godzilla and that's deciding the winner okay. or are we playing a best of 100 on godzilla oh. Okay, so there's there's a lot of math. There's a lot of math here, and I I we don't have to dive into too much of the specifics, but it seems like the something. And this came up in in jest when we were talking about TPF because Travis participated in classics and he bombed. Is that the right word? Just just sucked. Was that? I'm right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, that's, that's fairly accurate way <laughs> to describe it. Yeah, <laughs> very, very accurate Tra- way. Apparently, somebody's reached out to Travis and says, "What's up with this Joel guy? He keeps picking on Travis." So I just, you know, I we're have, just gonna lay into it. Hey, that's I have fine. white knights out there. I'm fine with that. <laughs> so send all the spam to Joel, please. Travis me. did not. Travis did not do particularly well. But my question at the time was, does that matter? Like, why would you not just play? Like, it doesn't matter if you're first or last. Like, I assumed there was no negative like you earn whoppers you're not losing whoppers like is there a negative uh As side of today, of this? there is not a negative side to this yes so but what i'm hearing is that may be changing and that's why josh <laughs> i think you're here to explain that defend that i don't know what's the thought behind that i think for so the changes that are still proposed, we don't know if we're going to actually make Tom unhappy or not. We're still waiting to decide <laughs> if we're going to do it. But I, you know, after coming out of COVID, the rankings all look crazy. And I find myself not qualified for Germany. That's three weeks away. It's always about Josh. It, it is. It, I mean, really, really, it is. I know. I know. Did so, Zach qualify? Did your brother qualify? No, we were we were okay, both, just we, yeah. Now we were both locked in our houses for yeah. far too long. Got so, it. and we are both extremely competitive people. And the idea of flying to Germany and hosting a world championship that I have to sit in a freaking chair and watch eighty other people play in this high level event, like I'd rather get some cavities filled because <laughs> that would just kill me. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
I was able to, and, and upon now reflection of how my 2022 went, the the opportunities that I had to compete through my ability to take time off, my ability to live pretty close to District 82, my ability to have the means to, you know, stay at a hotel, travel, do whatever. Like I was able to go from 200th in the world back to the top 25 relatively easily. And I saw some of my peers like Adam Becker, who's on our staff that didn't have the same opportunities that I had. And he will be going to Germany and not playing. And I feel really bad for him. And I, I know that he tried to scrap together what he could in 2022 but there was just no way when compared to someone like myself who was able to play at an unreasonable level that there was action that we are looking to take that allows someone like Adam to still be able to compete and prove that he is just as good as I am at playing pinball without needing to take 35 days off away from his family to go compete at an insane level. Okay. So yes, what the, what I've learned once again, by doing this podcast with these guys, they're traveling all the time. They're traveling all the time. They're traveling all over the U S and they're playing in some amazing tournaments. And not only that, they're doing well at it. They're doing well at it. Not only that, but Travis, when he was in Oklahoma, it looked like there was a pretty good Oklahoma scene. So he was in a pretty competitive league night there. And then Tom is in, he's in tournaments all the time at a very well-known I'm I'm in the utopia of pinball. Yes. District 82, which has like awesome tournaments rather frequently in Fox city's pinball streams, almost every one of them, if not every one of them. And most, some people may not know this, but, but district 82 is a a whopping what three hours from Chicago. Like it's not two forty for me. Yeah. So all the people in Chicago, you know, you and your brother, you got Raymond Davidson, you got Keith Owen, you got other Stern staff, Tim Sexton, he's Steve Bowden at American pinball. You got these people that's a quick and easy drive up from Chicago to play at these high end tournaments. So, Yes, if Tom is in the mecca of pinball, he's in a location where, once again, the Whopper is all valued about how good your competition is. Well, if there happens to be a whole lot of really good competitors all in one place that can participate in a lot of pinball tournaments, yeah, I could understand how those people have an opportunity to get a lot of Whoppers that other people, what Smorgasborgen or whatever his name was, (laughs) out in the middle of nowhere, he may not. He may he may only be able to participate in five or six tournaments a year. So and and for most, like we have that data, and for most of the world, and I I feel bad because like Americans do not understand how good we have it. You know, I mean, even even if you're within a stone's throw of District eighty two, you're on like another universe. But like, there's pockets in America that countries dream of having you know, a fraction of the events per year that they can plan. And what happens is you end up with a ranking system that doesn't really do an accurate job because the inputs are so variable from player to player. It would be like you challenging Travis to Godzilla. He gets to play it once and you get to play it 4,000 times. Who's going to win? I'd probably pick you, Joel, like, uh, like fourth, <laughs> giving, giving you 4,000 yeah. attempts yeah, to yeah, beat yeah, Travis's yeah. one attempt. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And if, if our system is saying, well, 
Joel's better than Travis. I mean, Matt doesn't lie, it's, right? Wow, right? that's a <laughs> shitty system. You put it that <laughs> right. way. So obviously, that's an extreme. Uh, that's an extreme take on it, but it really is kind of how we're looking to possibly balance the system for next year, which is. Hey, Joe, we're going to give you those 4,000 attempts. That's still Mm -hmm. cool, man. You go nuts. But we're going to start to like maybe after 1,500 attempts, anything after that, you might get to keep 80% of your score. Okay. You might still be Travis. Yeah. And you still have a ton of plays that you can do. But at some point, your overplaying, your excess playing against Travis won't be as advantageous as it is just taken in the raw form. So you can't, you can't limit, like what I, what I'm thinking here is, um, if, if that guy in the middle of nowhere can only play five tournaments, you can't just limit everybody to five entries. You can't, you can't limit the number of, of plays. That would be silly. Um, so what you're saying is we're taking, we're setting a reasonableness level. So there's plenty of people that are playing not enough. And yeah. at some point we're saying, sorry, dude, I know you only play three tournaments a year. It's not enough. You yeah. need to play yeah. more because in order to be, you to fairly compare yourself to your peers, there is some amount of data you have to put in. You can't play once and then expect everyone else to be compared to your one attempt. Yeah, that's fair. I know when we had Neil McRae on, he was, that was something that he was talking about just over there. Like the amount of tournaments are so few and we don't, they don't get this. And that's why you see Neil get on a plane and fly over here. Or with Neil, I mean, him him running stuff now over there is helping the scene a ton. I mean, without, without Neil, it's like they had the UK open and the pinball league and that was like it. And the UK is huge. They got like nothing. So I know this was something that kind of boggled my mind, but it's like, like Escher, right? So Escher's out there in Colorado. I thought I heard that he doesn't play in league. And the reason he like, and my thought was like, why would you not? Because he'd get, he'd get first every time. And basically what they said is because, because it's not worth it. Like it's not worth his time because his skill level compared to his peers or something. It's like, he doesn't get many whoppers from it is, is that was something that I heard. So at some point, and this is the change for, was 5.8 this year? I can't even remember anymore. Yes. Come on, competitive pinball people. Travis yes. is saying yes. So I'm which go which with change yes. are you so talking about? I'm talking, talking about, about the, <laughs> the Whopper inflation. Oh, yeah. That was so that is hap- that was 5.8. It was certified. Was that? Okay. So right. we're in the process of trying to separate out with respect to value really big events from really small events, the, okay. the older versions of the system. And we change every year. So there's, there's been a new system pretty much every year since 2006 that it didn't do a great job of separating out that local league win from a Texas pinball festival win. Yeah. And now, you know, to, to have Asher saying something like that, it means the system's working because he has so many events that are, large victories that him having a small victory is meaningless for his card. It won't, it won't raise him in the rankings at all. Okay. So, I mean, I, I would assume your goal, like you want, you don't want people to play less pinball. Like that's, I mean, we don't want people to play less pinball, but is there now going to be a potential like fear of like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to play in this tournament because if I do bad, (laughs) that hurts. I think that's my big question. Like, you know, you know, we've seen, we've seen some people on the discord and like to forums 
and they're just like, oh, now it's like you don't want to play. And you were you were telling me privately, Josh, and and you were like, no, actually, you want to play because your rank would have dropped significantly more had I yeah. not played. So, Joel, the, the metric that we're using to sort of equalize people with high variable amounts of play is a stat that we call efficiency percentage, which is if an event is worth 100 whoppers and you get 10, you're, you're batting 10%. Okay. So if you are getting better at pinball... The more you play, regardless of whether an event is is worth enough to hit your card or not or whatever, the more you play well, you can raise that percentage and it will impact you in a positive way. So, you know, offline and share, you know, running through Tom's model of like, what if I never played at District 82? And it's like, well, you'd be worse. Okay, well, what if I only played at District 82? Well, you'd be worse. It's still an additive thing if you are playing well. And, I mean, ultimately it comes down to, well, what if I remove all the events I played poorly in? And it's like, well, then you're Keith Elwin. And there's only one of them. And playing poorly is a part of, you know, someone's whole journey as a pinball player. And it's representative of their true skill. So what about, okay, so back to Travis's TPF experience in classics. He's He's got, what is it? You had like eight games you had to play to, to get your positioning. If you got seven games in, you realize this isn't looking good. If you would have just stopped, or no, as soon as oh, you if, start, you're as done. As soon you're, as I played you start, ball you're one, start. yeah, as soon as I played ball one, game one, I'm in. We call that an exploit, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a new rule that was put in place this year that I think it's if you're inside the top 250, right? right? You That's you right. cannot drop out of a tournament. You just gotta as soon as you start, you're you're all in. Which I like that rule personally. Okay. So what I will say is when I. I heard a I heard this buzz right and 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 it was in one of our Facebook chats and I don't I don't remember who it was but um so I'm like the, the misinformation like, yeah <laughs> it's like it's it like uh oh we got it we got something stirring the pot here in the tournament world let me let me try to look at this and 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 <laughs> I know this isn't isn't my place but let me see what's going on here and I ended up looking at an Excel sheet and it showed current rankings versus proposed change and it was interesting to see because like. Uh, the top few positions didn't change. Escher's still Escher. Like Ray Day was still Ray Day. They're they're still there. Um, but then, and they what's play this? a lot. They do, right. and they're very good. And then I know what is it? Is Johannes? Is that his name? Yeah. Is is that the guy that's like unbelievable overseas? I think when Avengers came out, he like beat it the very first time he touched the game. Is that am I talking? I'm talking about yep. the right guy. He's right? in okay. my EPC group. I'm looking forward to kicking his ass. Yeah. So he's. I've heard. That he's like really, really, really good, but yet I've never seen him over here. Well, really, so. really, really good is an understatement. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But but that's but yeah. you hear that right? That it's like it's this he's this mythical creature across the land it's overseas like Yvonne that just Drago overseas. Yeah. For pinball, that's that's the way I think of him. But he doesn't play that like he doesn't play in all the tournaments over here. So all of a sudden, boom, he's up in the top ten. I'm like, well, I've heard about that guy, but he wasn't he wasn't there before. He's still, but like. Boom in the but, top 10 from what is he's like 
top 25 now. But still, still but so, yeah, but I'm like, okay, now for this guy to be what you're describing him as is really, really, really good. Like, well, where is he then? Like, okay, so I see some adjustments here. And then I'm looking at names. I saw there was some slight change with Travis. Neil Graff, Tom's son, still there. And but unfortunately, I had to scroll down a decent bit, and then I see Tom, and I'm like, "Oh, Tom, what's going? What's going on?" And this is why, because I suck at pinball. No, <laughs> this is why. But this is like interesting. Okay, so this is actually affecting somebody, somebody that I know. So what? What's the? What's the? So the thought here is, it's it all comes down to the efficiency rating. So because Tom plays so much, he has to be mm-hmm. not so much. Okay, so explain this to me, please. Because. He so Tom has his top 20 events and then he has his other 870 events (laughs) that he's played. (laughs) The closer that your top 20 is representative of your overall play, you will not change. And I think the best example that people have told me to use when explaining this is if Joel, you go to 10 events and you get lucky in one of them. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, I'm okay. I can play. And sometimes, you know, things work out for me. Balls bounce the right way. I, I played well. I had a good, good tournament. Sweet. Good job, man. You go to 10 more. You have another good one. You go to 10 more. You have another good one. You go to 200 events. Yeah. You will find your way to having 20 good ones. Good yeah. job, man. And the current system goes 20 good events, Joel. You're fucking great. Congratulations. <laughs> The, that the system, however, doesn't look at the 180 events that you played as a way to generate those 20 good events, right? Okay. So this new system is doing exactly that. Interesting. We're, we're going to look at your 180, and for a lot of people, you know, 30 of if if for if someone is truly like not a good player that is lucky in their way, one out of ten your 180 will not be anywhere near representative of your good 20. So the reality is you're looking we will at 200. Fuck yeah. you up if that's your situation. <laughs> so for someone like Raymond though, or Escher yeah, or good yeah, yeah. people like, like Travis, Neil, they have 200 events. They have their best 20. Their next 50 are still yeah. really good. Yeah, their next okay. 50 after that are pretty good. At some point they're like 20 of them are bad. Their so, adjustment isn't as much. What about... I'm um, headed to Joel Division. <laughs> dude, there's a lot of fun going on in this division, let me tell you. A lot less stress. A lot less stress. But so Travis's well, well, TPF... Well, here's one thing, though. Yeah, but yeah. like, So here's one thing I see. Like, I And I, I agree with that. But the system's also not seeing who I'm playing. So like in a lot of those events, I'm playing Escher and... Jason Zoller and Raymond Davidson and Josh Sharp, Zach Sharp, yeah. Neil Graff, Keith Elwin, you know. So how do you, I guess, rate that? Is that just we by don't? Yeah, play? I mean, we, okay. that, that's that's the the and I think as to the person sh- who's Shep- maybe Shep- playing. Shep- well, Shepard on Tell Forums today kind of put things into perspective, which is you know we do the best we can with the time we have to do it and the data we have available. Sure. And the the next level of this, if Brian doesn't kill me, and this 6.0 doesn't do a good enough job, I think it will do a good enough job to not have to worry about it. But it's really nobody's efficiency percentage is the same for exactly the reason you mentioned, Tom, right? Like 
like having an efficiency percentage of 20% when you're playing great people is different than 20% when you're playing a bunch of average casual people. And right. we are not judging that yet. We, yeah, we, we, there probably is a way for us to be able to do that, but it is not in the cards yet. So gotcha. with that lot, and, and maybe I'm not grasping it, but it's, um, so if Tom got 28, 20, per, if 20, if Tom got 20th place at Indisc, would that 20th place be considered the same as 20th place at, I don't know, so like at a, uh, at a, at a small tournament that's not nearly like no our the opportunities our, are higher at indisc right yes but he's saying just the level and he'll of- earn more whoppers for 20th at indisc okay. than he would for 20th somewhere else and so i mean there's a benefit to t- if tom plays well at events where i'm there ray's there escher's there yeah. everybody's there there's so many more points available in those evenings or weekends than a tilt and tuesday or whatever okay and then the other thing is because now negative games come to a, into play, my my like what's interesting is listening to these guys when they go to a tournament. As soon as the tournament's over, they're like, "Well, what did that do to my ranking?" So my thought here is, if Travis wants to get a TPF, and I'm sorry if I'm just bringing this up over and over again, but because Thanks, classics Joel. wasn't great for him, but yet the mains he got fourth place. Is there any way that he would come out of that weekend like a wash? Like, is there any way that that would just equal like because in my yeah, book I mean, it's, that it's seems fr- like just a bad eight games of pinball versus like a really impressive feat of what he did in May. Yeah, I think the main event is worth far more whoppers. So if you do your blended efficiency for that weekend, mm-hmm. if I I I mean shit man, we have computers. Let's see. Oh do 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 doing some math something okay. <laughs> I don't, Travis. You've been quiet. Is this? A, what are your thoughts? Are, do you do you agree with this? Or no, do you, what I'm, are, just, are you, I'm taking it all in. I I went from when I first heard it announced to not agreeing with it to seeing Josh explain it to further not agreeing with it, but then seeing him <laughs> explain it some more, and then being like, okay, I'm starting to understand what he's meaning here. Right. So I'm like, I, I'm just I'm indifferent to it because I think it's it's an evolving process. That I think it's it's one of those things that it's hard to judge something until you see an actual sample size come out of it. Because otherwise, it's like we talked about before. It's all in theory right now. Like, what will the rankings look like next year? What will yeah. it look like two years from now? And well, I I do hope that something is addressed with in terms of, I guess, the the strength of opponent. Because obviously, like, to me personally, I think... Going up to District A2, and people talk about this all the time, like, oh, somebody just travels for their Whoppers, or they do this to do that. And like I tell those people, it's like, well, we're not just traveling to play nobodies. It's literally world-class players everywhere, like in every single group. So I remember there was one tournament in which one of my last groups, I had like Kaylee George and Zach Sharp. And guess what? I still took like 21st in that tournament. So the competition is just so high level that honestly, I think... For people that haven't been there, I can say that if I finish in the top 20 there, like I feel like I did pretty good. And I value that more than even finishing at like a huge event here in the St. Louis area and finishing first. But that's just something obviously that I think it'll have to be judged later on or adjusted later on if we come to that. Because my only concern is it's not for the top tier players and it's not for the players that are like ranked 10,000 or 
switching from 800 to 500, right? Those are just, the rankings are what they are, but it's seeing how the people that are on the cusp of IFBA that are going for that, that want to qualify for something like that, that might be, that's what I'm interested in seeing how that affects something like that. So I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm indifferent to it for all. For those but, that know ahead of time that they're going to play poorly and can stop themselves, they're, they're going to be great because they'll know when to not play because they know they're yeah. going to play bad. I always think I'm going to win. So my (laughs) mental state is never, it's never great. I'm never going to stop because I think I'm going to win everything I play. I think judging it, I I think personally, because we've seen people talk about, well, I'm not going to play in this event. I'm not going to play in that event. And I feel the same way, but not because I'm worried about it necessarily hurting my efficiency or anything like that. I've just decided that I only want to play in events that in formats that I think is going to be fun. Like that's one of the main reasons why I set out state this year, because heads up, I just don't have fun with it but of course now i'm traveling across the world to potentially play and it's well, up and, so it is what i it think is. The, the the positive possible consequence here too is if if there are enough people that don't want to play in let's call them high variance events that seem more coin flippy does that motivate tournament directors to run better events where skill is more fairly judged and if that happens, that's great because huh. there is right now, you know, a trend of getting stuff to be worth as much as it can regard as quickly as you can. That's the the number one question I get into the IFPA's inbox is I'm running an event for three hours on Tuesday. I want the most whoppers I can in three hours. What do I do, Josh? <laughs> and my answer to them is always, if there was an answer to that, we'd change it. So it was no longer the answer. Yeah. because that's not what it's supposed to be about. And that's when you get into people that are like, you know, re- playing on all classics, playing on, you know, tight to like setting games up so hard that it's not fun because they want to overvalue their tournament. And this brings a balance to that, because if you're going to make something that is not fun and seems very luck boxy, you, there is now a reason for players to not support that behavior from a tournament director. That's a good point. Yeah, this is, That's I don't true. know, this is, this is, uh, the more, like I said earlier, the more that I learn about tournaments, the more I, there's just so much to this. There's so much to this. And I, and I, this is an interesting question. I don't know. Maybe it's an unfair question, but like Travis, when I look at your screen, you know, you got a bunch of trophies behind you. So at the end of the day, like, and maybe, like I said, this may be unfair, but is getting like one big trophy. Do you value that more or do you value your top 20 positioning in worlds? Like which one are you uh, more proud of? So honestly, I'm, I'm a weird player. Cause I come from Oklahoma <laughs> in which there, there was like at, at that time when I started, there was no whopper points there. Right. Okay. So basically in Oklahoma, Kansas, Missouri, and some of the players in Texas, the main thing that everybody talked about was, well, you have to go to Stern Pro Circuit events and you have to go to those places to, to find the points. And that was true because that's where all the best players were. It, there was no way I was going to get to top 100 playing my weeklies in Oklahoma City. It just was not going to happen. So the way that I look at it is I just like playing pinball because it's fun. I like finding formats that are fun. And I'm probably one of those that when I go to District 82, I honestly don't take every tournament dead serious. Otherwise, you would not see me with a spot at Cal. At the time, we're hanging out in the parking lot, right? But the main events, I do take serious. The Stern Pro Circuit events, I do take serious. And hopefully my results in that for the past couple of years kind of show that. They sure have, man. Holy moly. Those numbers were off the charts. But the thing is, is that 
that may not be the experience for somebody else. Like, I, I think everybody plays competitive pinball for whatever reason they want to, and that's completely valid, right? So when it comes to my ranking, I just wanted to qualify for IFPA. If I won some tournaments along the way, awesome. If I had fun along the way, even more awesome. And then the next step was as well, I wanted to try to be top 10 because I didn't realize I would get close to it, right? So, you know, it's one of those things, and I've told Tom this, that with the new system in place, I honestly, I don't think I have a chance at top 10 anytime soon. It would be a, a massive grind and I'm okay with that. Like I'm okay with still going to tournaments and just playing to have fun in certain spots and then other other spots, I'll still play to have fun, but I might take it a little bit more serious. You won't find me with a with a spotted cow waiting to play my next turn or something like sure, that, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, people play it for different reasons and people value, you know, different things. And right now, I, I will say the most number one thing I value right now currently is my children that are, they're starting to want to play in tournaments. So that's something that I'm trying to foster for them and trying to encourage them to do to learn rule sets you, and you stuff like wife. that. You have a wife too at this point? Just yeah. you know, wanna... and you're pretty, you're pretty lucky, wife. dude. My yeah. wife wants just... no part of my travels. <laughs> but yeah. but that's that's my motivation. So people are gonna have different motivations for yeah, yeah. why they do what they do. And I I personally I don't get anything out of going to like a weekly tournament and just going hard in the paint yeah. the entire yeah. time. Like I don't get anything out of that. But I'm not gonna fault somebody yeah. if they do get something out of it. Because everybody plays for their reasons and they have fun for the reasons that they have fun. And just to clarify, the trophy you are most proud of in behind you is the Pinball Degenerates Award, right? For the no, for the no, most no, that is That's cool. The, no, no, no. Josh no. knows this oh, one. <laughs> Oklahoma, That's Oklahoma. The the it's careful. I'll, I'll send you another corrected one. <laughs> that you can ignore. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, boom. There's 42 minutes of a. Uh, oh, wait, hold on. I have Travis's, I have Travis's yeah, I Texas to, tale of the okay. tape. So he said Travis left his camera. <laughs> his camera's out. <laughs> so Travis's efficiency percentage overall is 36. His Texas main event was 72%. His Texas classics event was shitty. 3%. <laughs> his <laughs> overall, when you mix, when you mix the two from that weekend, 49%. So he raised his overall. So it, okay. It, Interesting. He helped himself. He helped himself. Look at that, Travis. So Matt. lesson learned. Matt. Do not play classics tournaments in which you only have eight <laughs> plays and you've had three beers. Yeah. Lessons, everybody. Just Lessons. do all final fours and you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah it's super easy. <laughs> Barely an inconvenience, right. right? Well, Tom, was there anything else? I mean, any other questions or comments or feelings that you have in, in regards no, to this? It was just it was just more do you think this is gonna affect I guess um how how tournament directors are going to run th things and how uh do you do you think we're going to see a a shift towards maybe people not running events or smaller events or I th I think it really depends on I mean every event that gets organized is through the love of volunteer work to get that done and and that tournament right. director's own motivations right like right. I used, I used to run my monthly out here and thank God for Andy Bagwell. I've been like, had him run it a couple of times and then slowly just kept moving away. And now he's done it. I, I think it was right when, uh, Wait, Evan, is... Evan, Evan was being born. So four years ago, 
it was like, oh man, my wife's due. Can you run it this month? And it's like, oh, she's, you know, we're, we have a baby at home. Can you run it like the next three months? And now it's four years later and he's still doing it. But like, it's be Andy, which my is doing well from going. what I've, oh my God, from what I've seen. He's taken it to level. I mean, I was joking with him the other day back years and years ago, we would, uh, that monthly had like nine people. Four of them were members of my family, and one of them was my old boss from work who I dragged along. So that was like five out of the nine. So now he gets, yeah, 70, 60, 70, 80 players. It's kind of like your Tilton Tuesdays at District 82. Yep. Like player counts that blow my mind. That's it's awesome. A, it's awesome. And that'll continue because of the reasons why Andy enjoys running it. So I think it all comes down to the person that's willing to put the time in to do it. Yeah. Clearly there are people that, that are in rage mode that are now no longer running anything ever. And yeah. that's a response. That is a response. Yeah. yeah and I, I, I would I feel mean, like Marty and Jeff, that is a pinball game that exists. <laughs> that's, yeah. So is there anything, uh, yeah. Anything else you want to clarify or just, I don't know any other thoughts, Josh, because I'm assuming this comes out and some people were elated to see like, awesome. Yes. They're taking like, boom, they're thing. And then other people are like, you're saying in rage mode, but I, obviously you can only type so much. Is there anything else you want to clarify or say about this? Yeah, or? I think, I mean, most, nobody thinks about this shit more than I do. And okay. the private feedback I've gotten has been that, this proposed list looks way more accurate than the current list. And a lot of the things that we do, you know, have to, we're not just math people. We're, we're math and reasoning people. It's really easy to be like, well, that's what the formula says. So fuck (laughs) off. Like if something doesn't pass our smell test and it, it, we used to call like we've run so many simulations over the last 15 years and back in the day, you know, we called it the Keith test. You know, we'd, we'd make some changes that we thought in theory were good changes. You run it and Keith is ranked 13th. Yeah. That that does not work. So that <laughs> those theoretical great decisions go in the garbage because the the list has to reflect reality. And for me, reality is is discussing with my peers who are the best in the world at this based on what they've seen from people and the, who they've played against, it's, it's sort of just a, a rational test of, of people that I've seen play, people that I've played against, people that I think I'm better than, people that I think might be better than me at this point in my life. And uh, yeah, I do think it's, it's, it's a better move for accuracy. And uh, I apologize to people like Tom who, yeah, take, take it on the chin a little harder than others. I'll, but I'll always have state. I'll always yeah, have that's state. right. That's right, man. <laughs> that's what, that was going to be my last question. Can you confirm or deny that the proposed plan when you were writing this, that it was not saved as screw you, Tom Graff? Because that's <laughs> that's what I thought the document. I thought there was a leaked document at some point that that's, nah, that was the title. I, think, well, I mean, I the- feel bad for Tom because most of the because we get a lot of. Uh, not not anonymous to me, but a lot of people that complain about things anonymously and the number of times that Neil's name was used was far more <laughs> than than I would care to admit. And it's been great to see Neil like earn and earn where he is. Yeah. Rather I was just going to say, does he uh, has that died down a little bit? Yeah, of course. 
because yeah. he's I mean, he's shown like besides you're obviously, you know, the stuff that you're streaming at District 82, he's right. now no longer just playing that local crowd. Right. We're having, yeah, right. you know, major events up there and he's swinging, man. He's swinging yeah. with the rest of us. Yeah. And you go from a random name on a spreadsheet that doesn't belong to a bunch of people that don't know shit. They don't know anybody that, you know, they just see a name and I've never played against that person. I've never seen them play. They suck. <laughs> and that, that's everyone's like default mechanism. Yeah. Like prove to me that you're good. Cause I've never heard yeah. of you. Yeah. And uh, he has proved to a lot of people that he's good. Yeah. Well, I, d- I just remember before I got into this and I would watch, you know, you guys at Papa, which I thought was amazing. Um, you know, I'd see people on the forums like, well, they're only getting 200 million on Twilight Zone. And it's like, well, yeah, you're not playing in your basement where the, you know, you have, you have your uh, posts all the way down and, you know, the game set up easy. Hardest balls. Hmm. You know, (laughs) it's a different, it's a different universe. It's a different universe out there. Well, cool. Well, good. I know that was, um. I, I knew we wanted to talk about this and kind of try to clarify all that. So I, I feel like I understand it a little bit and I, I don't know any, I don't know what I'm talking about at all. So <laughs> I think that was, Shockingly, that was good. Josh has me kind of seeing it from his point of view now. I don't know mm. what it is. He's always, he's good at doing yeah. that. <laughs> well, I don't know he's, what it is. He's good at a lot of things. There's your transition. He's that's how good I keep, keep my wife to stick around here. Yeah. <laughs> just, I just keep and, talking until she's like, fuck fine, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Transition here. What are we at? We're at 49 minutes. So here's your here's your number. Why do you keep saying that? I'm saying that because if we were talking about toppers, talk happens. We were talking about toppers. You'd be all fucking excited. Joel, that was actually probably the most exciting segment we've had since the freaking magic stick stuff. (laughs) So I enjoyed that. (laughs) Good, good, good. I agree with that. Well, okay. So another thing we both we all enjoy here, which is sitting right behind Josh, sitting right behind Josh. And no, it's not Avengers. I see Avengers behind him. Pulp Fiction. Oh, yeah. Pulp Fiction. Josh, you've been all over. I know you've been on multiple other podcasts about this, and and you are lead rules designer. Correct? Is that is that an appropriate term for, yeah, for you and your role? How cool Pulp is that? Fiction. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. So first, here's a here's a question. You said, and I don't know if you can answer this or not, but you said you have been essentially um, providing rules or feedback on anything and everything that you can. Apparently, you're you're emailing people and bothering people with all your rules thoughts for since years was, and years. Since and I years. was a kid, is there any particular rule in a game that you feel that somebody implemented because of you, like that you're like, yeah, I did. That was my idea. Is there anything like that? Sure, that sure. I, and Zach too. Over the years, I know. Okay. Like, well, the, the, my favorite that Zach came up with was uh, Avatar during during <laughs> during final battle during the wizard mode. Yeah. Um, I think like me, Zach, and Lima were talking, and there was some, you know, you build up your switches or whatever, and then the jackpot is lit. And Zach was like, I think it'd be cool. The outlines say unobtainium, which is like the currency in the avatar yeah, universe yeah. that is worth more than anything. And Zach's like, if you can intentionally drain out the outlines, it ended up like increasing the sh- the kill shot for your jackpot when it was ready to be lit. So you had to like, sacrifice your ball in play and then hope to hit it quick enough to be able to like re-trigger launching the balls back into play. But like, that was really cool. Interesting. 
Yeah. Um, for have me, you done that one before, Joel? Wasn't have there I done that one, one on no. uh, TNA? I, TNA, didn't you? Oh, yeah, I, th- I threw some. I threw some. Yeah, multi-ball rules at Scott that he thought was pretty cool. I think with the, uh, I think it was like the timing of the targets before they reset, so you could go like single, double, triple. But if you didn't do it fast enough, you'd come back up. So was that actually you that came up with that, or at yeah. least concept of that? Yeah, that's yeah, like literally for... my favorite part to yeah. that game. Good. Wow. Uh, okay. Joel, uh, Iron Iron Man, yeah. do do or die time. Yeah, that was you, and that was because there was nothing there and back back and th- those were some not great stern days those were like they needed a game on the line in in six weeks and lyman and lonnie were throwing anything they could into a game to get it shippable and i remember you know i think i was hanging out in lonnie's office and they had the instruction cards printed and it said something about like do or die time and they had plans for do or die multiball, which is like the ultimate wizard mode that wasn't yep. wasn't in yet. And they knew they had to get it done, but they were like, "Fuck this!" The inst- <laughs> like we can't ship a game with an ins- the instruction card has a rule that's and the instruction cards back then have like six things on it. Yeah, we can't ship a game that doesn't have one of these six major things on the card. And I said, guys. It doesn't say do or die multiball. It says do or die time. And I came up with this like one sh- one shot idea to do everything on one ball. And then it, it lit- lights this thing for like, it's do or die time, man. Do it or you get nothing. And they threw that in there and it, it worked. Nice. Cool. Nice. Yeah, I made my comment about Avatar. That was actually the first pinball game I owned. And uh, it Oof. pissed me off because you've yeah, upgraded since. It, it, it kicked my butt. And the fact that you would lose progress on everything after yeah. ball one, I was like, well. I suck at pinball. Come on. Because <laughs> I want a three ball game, not a one ball game. But I um, did the uh, kiss, kiss army, her, the hurry ups for the Lonnie. Lonnie was struggling to find out what to do with the target banks because he had, but he had a dedicated insert that was already in the play field. And that's what, I mean, I feel so bad for those guys because we're pretty, at least through the Pulp Fiction design process, we had more than enough time to figure out yeah. what we wanted to do before like play fields were printed. So, you know, the play fields get printed and Lonnie's like, I have an army insert on the center ramp. That's just there. And I have the kiss <laughs> insert that's on the left orbit. That's just there. It's like any ideas. And I wrote him some long email about like, you know, what if you do a, a hurry up between the two that you can keep building throughout the, the game, blah, blah, blah. It was like, and sounds boom. great. It's it. Let's go. <laughs> Sounds great. It's past review. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, how many ideas have you thrown at Keith Elwin that he has completely ignored? Man, I I, I just sit back and enjoy his stuff. Okay, there's there's not much to to throw at him. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Well, that's really cool. I think it's uh you know a lot of people have known your name from a tournament standpoint, but I think that's that was something you had mentioned before, and I was like, I wonder if he has examples. And yes, you've you've got a lot of examples yeah, man. here. Of stuff I have, I have more email. I mean, I have emails to Lonnie that I'm sure at some point get gets mostly. I had a bunch of Aerosmith stuff because I was a huge fan of the band. Uh-huh. That I'm sure he was like, fuck off. <laughs> 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 that all got ignored, but. Uh, yeah, man, it's 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 my uh, it's my hobby. It's my creative outlet. So, what about this? So, Pulp Fiction, Pulp Fiction. Well, uh, first off, uh, awesome game. I, I played it at, at TPF. I had a blast on it. Thanks, and man. that's coming from the guy that's not that great at pinball, uh, decent maybe, but um, still, I really enjoyed the game. And I I will give you credit that um, it is 
one thing that I, I find incredibly challenging the more that I get into these modern games is it doesn't like communicating what you need to do to the player is very challenging. And you have things all the way from a JJP game that has literally a thousand lights and a 27 inch screen or whatever, all the way to your game, which has four alphanumeric alphanumeric displays in just lit inserts. And yet they both need to communicate what to do. And, and there's challenges there. And, and I will tell you, I just watching, we couldn't hear the audio. We could not hear the audio, but yet still through your displays and the colored inserts, the choreography was good enough to, to kind of carry the player through and kind of show you what to do. So I don't know. I, I, I give you credit for that. Is that something that, I mean, it's one thing to establish a rule, but is that other is that something you're getting into as well, or is that more the coder to have to take that responsibility of colors and choreography and all that? No, I mean I think at least for the Pulp Fiction team, you know, we all worked together because we're all pinball players at various okay. levels of skill and whatnot. But I mean, Mark and George have have, have done this before, right? Yeah. yeah. So. I think, and believe me, there's plenty of rules vomit that I sent to them <laughs> as I was getting involved in this stuff that was way too complicated. And, you know, their question to me of, of just like, how how do you plan on explaining this to the, pl- you know, this is uh, the medium yeah. we have. And it's like, oh yeah, I have no idea. You know, I, I would know what to do. So like, isn't that good enough? Well, they're... And, there aren't custom callouts, right? Like there aren't what I mean, like nobody's saying like shoot the left, you know, inline drops. Is there there's no No, there's the not. And yeah. I think at least from a creative like I find and this has nothing to do with with like tournament play. This has to do with like world under glass pinball experience for me as a person is I don't like breaking the fourth wall that you're playing a pinball machine. So I think if you you know, play Adam's family. It doesn't like seance doesn't tell you to shoot the ramp. There's no instructional speech that talks about hitting pinball things. And I think that that charm of that Williams era, like hits me really in a great place. And it's, it's a place that, now, you know, having some influence, at least on the stuff that on, on Pulp Fiction, like I fought pretty hardly for like, I don't need someone to tell me to shoot the left orbit. We're not shooting a left orbit. We're driving a car. Mr. Wolf is driving a car. Yeah. We're not we're not shooting a spinner. So uh, hearing somebody say shoot the lamps in Godzilla doesn't give you the charm. <laughs> I mean, you but I, but, you know, it works in that game because of the campiness of how <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, right, yeah. you have to you have to. It has to work or it has to not work. And I find there are plenty of examples of games where like, I don't think it works well at all. It just immediately takes me out. Interesting. Is it uh, like when you hear in Stranger Things, uh, freaking Hopper, he feels like he's half asleep and he's like, oh. outlaying ball save. It's like, <laughs> it so is. I'm guessing that doesn't work. That's the, that's it's, it's like, it's like it's Whirlwind. So when Whirlwind yeah. yells at you to head for the cellar, it doesn't yeah. go head for the cellar. That's the scoop on the left side of the play field. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've been well, on a Stranger Things kick lately, and I cannot get over the callouts. Like, everything else in the yeah. game is fine. Like, I like the UV kit and all oh, that yeah. and just the way the game progresses. But, yeah, the, uh, the callouts, I, 
I don't know, like, what did he do with those call-outs? Because obviously it's the actor. Uh, he, read but he read them. That's all he did was just, just read them, you know? All safe. Yeah, like, okay, bad. yeah. Extra ball. Like, yeah. Well, it's if you're looking for voice horrible. actors, I don't know if you heard, but on our last episode, we all learned that Tom has a soundboard now. So if you I, need, I, did, I, you know, I heard. If you was, need some pretty, voices. Pretty solid. Yeah, he's ready to go. Um, Does it do a Sam Jackson you know what i thought about putting some stuff in here knowing but i didn't have time oh man if tom i don't want to hear i don't i don't there's so many samuel jackson lines i would love to hear tom but for the sake of our podcast not getting canceled in some form you probably shouldn't say it tom so i got a question though because i didn't watch the uh pulp fiction game reveal on uh dead flip just because i'm kind of wanting to be able to experience as many, I guess, movie quotes that are in the game. But how many movie quotes are in the game? I think is there it like was, 300, 400? There was 250 by the time we had to like print the flyer. But we're, I mean, it's it's well north of 300 now. And we're, I, I think today, uh, Thiel packaged a bunch of like alternate outlane ball save quotes nice. that are really good. And I, uh, Sort of those frustrating. It's sort of what what I always found that Lyman did really well is is very specific game situations, holding back a specific call out for like draining with a wizard mode lit on your last ball, mm. or you know draining draining when something that was available that's worth a lot is going away at end of ball. Like having those situations where the game recognizes like you're probably pretty pissed off right now because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you were one shot away from X yeah. and now it's gone. This like, drain is way more significant than all yeah. your others. Yeah. So we're kind of, we're, we're sprinkling in that stuff now. What about, um, and this is, yeah. So I realized I thought about this a while ago, but the, uh, now that the, this game has been played at all these different shows and, and I know you've, you've had people there and you've probably been able to look at audits and stuff like that. Are there any particular rule changes that you, you guys are planning? Like, is there anything you're seeing where, Oh, it looks like nobody, this mode is rarely done. So maybe we should do nothing like that. Or you're pretty, no, pretty happy with what you're seeing. On point. It's on point. Go. We, I mean, I have played a shit ton of Pulp Fiction <laughs> over the last four years. Yeah. So many games. And I feel like I'm pretty good at recognizing and, and like my four-year-old plays it a lot. My other kids play it. Like people of various skill level have played it. Okay. For the design team, I mean, having someone like me play it, someone like Mark, who is like a B-level solid player, and someone like George, who's a C-level player, like it's important that all three of us have fun while we're experiencing the game. And all three of us are game guys that that's all we represented the groups sure. that we knew were going to play it. And we played it a lot. Well, and, heard- and that was something like, like Lyman played it a lot while we yeah. uh, had it in development. And, you know, for him, he was always just like, you got to play it. You got to And I think Keith, <laughs> and Keith talks about it too, you know, that once his game ships, he's like, he doesn't want to play it because he's just uh, yeah. been playing it so much yeah. that like, there is a lot of truth to that. You, in order to gain the confidence that what you're putting out there is good, you got to eat your cooking. So, um, I, I just, I think you've done an exceptional job talking about this game on a lot of other podcasts that I would assume a lot of our listeners, listeners have listened to. Um, is there any particular thing that you haven't talked about or haven't had a chance to talk about? And if not, is there any, do you have any particular updates? I know, I know Q3 is still what we're hearing, 
but I know CGC is not particularly known for like speed. So I think most people have a realistic expectation of like, hopefully by the end of the year, I don't know. Is there anything? Yeah. Is there anything you haven't talked about yet about Pulp Fiction that you want to? Not really. I, I mean, we, we have weekly meetings with CGC and, and I'm with you. I, I wish that they built a thousand games a day, but yeah. they don't. They focus on, you know, sort of that three-legged stool of good, fast, and cheap. Yep. They focus on good to the point of painfully excruciating yeah. great. And they focus on cheap. Yeah, because, you know, they're very bomb conscientious at raw thrills. We can respect that. We're very, you know, fiscally responsible as a company of not wanting to waste dollars in a game. If there's a way to do something like we redesigned our spinner mechs that we think are higher quality and lower cost. So you find ways to solve problems that work better for the product and better for the bill of materials. So it's a it's a painstaking process, but as and we've been through very. I mean, this game was supposed to be out. I don't know, probably Texas the year before. Who knows? <laughs> Certainly, yeah. like we were yeah. pl- we were trying for Expo of last year, and yeah. just you know not not being able to to get things where we wanted it. The attention to detail is something I can respect because at the end of the day, whether someone gets it, twenty twenty three, twenty twenty four, twenty twenty five. If they're going to own it for the next 20 years, they will have it for either 18, 19 or 20 years. It's like sure. like long term. I'd f- much rather have a quality product that took an extra year to come out. Yeah. And I, I respect that. Um, one thing that I, I think I think we actually discussed this before it happened. But so Bond 60th came out and it's single level play field. And people are like, what? Single level play field. And then shortly thereafter, boom, Pulp Fiction comes out. Single level play field. People, I, and now Punny Factory. I know it's kind of weird to put that in the same group, what? but wait, single wait, level wait, play wait. field. Wait. Joel, like, Joel, Joel. Yes, Travis. Stop. <laughs> okay. Now TNA, proceed. single level play field. Go okay. Ahead. You, yep. you got us back. Okay. Yep. Go ahead. To, but is this when, because your game has been done for so long, when you saw that the Bond 60th came out, did you feel like, did you feel like that was good or bad? Like, okay, let's see how this single level play field's received by the community. Cause that's what's coming with our game. Or did you feel like you're, they stole your thunder because that's unique to you or, or no. not like this is good I, overall. I don't know. Any, any yeah, thoughts good, that good for all these single level good, games, good pinball is good pinball. I think, uh, I mean, I knew what the selling price was going to be, so we weren't yeah, worried yeah. <laughs> about, yeah. about much of anything. And the fact that it's a limited run, like okay. it, it is what it is. And, and, yeah. I mean, Keith joked with me because I have all of Keith's games. He and you know, a, a while ago, it's like you have all of them until the next one, and just sort of yeah. poking me of like, I'm not, I'm not you guys. I don't have one on order. Yeah, this, this all of us guys, you know, yeah, that, that just have them in their basement. Yeah, thanks. But I think flipping out <laughs> the the single level coincidence. I think like you know, the Bond licensors had that option for them to pursue, uh-huh. and for us that wasn't the game we wanted to make. Right. I think Mark has talked about that, that like circumstance for us turned this into this. Yeah. And for us, it was like, well, this is what we're faced to do. And this was all before I was involved, you know, for Mark and George, it was like, well, these are our options. We can tell them to go pound sand and have a nice day, Mm -hmm. or we can take this on and see if we can 
spend a couple of million bucks to make a couple million bucks and have some fun along the way. And, and for them, it was like, yeah, let's do it. Let, let, let's, yeah. let's see what we can do here. And uh, I'm glad we did. No, that's awesome. I know uh, Tom has one on order. Unless you canceled it because Josh changed all the rules. And all right. hate him. I'll bring it back, that. Tom. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll freeze you. <laughs> no, I um, still have it on order. Yeah. No, I, it's an, it's, it's an awesome game. I just, I think it's funny coming away to be honest, uh, coming off of TPF. I think that was the one that kind of surprised me the most. Almost. It may have won the show in my mind. It like, surprised me a lot yeah, as well, it, Joel, for sure. I was, and, I, I've, I've probably been the most pessimistic person on the team. Mm-hmm. Like everyone sort of guessed how many we would sell. And I think I had the lowest number by <laughs> a lot. I was like, eh, yeah. if we could do like 50 more than TNA, which I think is a great game. Like, I feel yeah. like we did a good job guys. Oh, that's and, cool. Uh, and the, you had mentioned the fact that CGC, their quality, like I, to be honest, the, the lines were constant on those four games. And I, I never once saw the glass off. Like, the games yeah. just worked. So really impressive stuff. I don't know. The two of you, I, I feel like I'm I'm probably answering asking too many questions. Is there anything you guys want to talk about with with Pulp Fiction or uh you know I mean, real Josh pretty on for much. a second? Let me take well, the glass off. It hasn't been off. No. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, Pulp Fiction to me is the perfect storm because I mean, Joel, Tom, we talk about this a lot off podcast that I think that pinball, the pinball industry in general has just criminally underrated the value of nineties themes, I think at this point, and kind of it, just because I, I see what the demographic has become just from where I work right now and everything. And I see what people that are casuals, very much casual to pinball, that's getting into pinball, starting to buy pinball, what they value and what they like. And Pulp Fiction is one of those that hits like a lot of marks around with it. And it's the same thing I've told you guys before. Like if somebody redid South Park, my God, it would just... Yeah absolutely crushed. So I'm with you on that. Th- there's just, there's certain themes. That I think that there's a lot of the buyer base right now. That's 35 and above that are very familiar with late eighties, mid nineties themes. And that's like the wheelhouse right now. And that's why I think that's why we're seeing Foo Fighters do pretty well too. I mean, obviously it is an excellent design, excellent artwork, but at the same time too, it's like, yeah, you look online, you see people saying, Oh, another dad rock theme or something like that. But there's certain themes that they just hit right with the current demographic. And I think I, I would like to see more companies go towards something like Pulp Fiction or towards something that's just kind of off the beaten path a little bit. And I think that that to me is exciting about pinball is seeing stuff like that. And hopefully this starts a trend yeah. of that because I because I, I think it will benefit pinball. And I do love the fact that single level games are coming back and they're kind of they're they obviously have staying power and pulp fiction is a very good example of this the fact that you can do something that is very much the quote unquote world under glass and i love the idea that josh alluded to earlier that there's call outs in the game that are very much associated with the theme and it's not making you think oh i'm playing a pinball machine so that to me is more of the experience like i know i want to have as a player and I love single level games. So seeing a modern single level game with a modern theme, that's as close to being modern as possible. But I think that themes like those would do like gangbusters. They really would. And I think Pulp Fiction is just, that should be a lead indicator for a lot of people of what's possible. And at the same time, this is going to sound like I'm just like 
kissing Josh's ass right right now. But the <laughs> fact it, is, is that yeah. is that I I really do enjoy playing the games too that have high level players behind the rule sets, because for me personally, the rule sets make sense, and I feel like I'm encouraged to explore the whole entire playfield, and I feel like there's a lot more points in the game that matter. So hopefully a lot of people will kind of see this and kind of realize, okay, this is what the perfect storm in pinball looks like. And maybe we need to kind of aim towards that. That doesn't mean we have to direct copy it, but that gives you the framework that works, that hits with the consumer base. I think that's the most important takeaway from what Pulp Fiction is doing right now. Just take and it in, my Josh. TED talk. You, yeah. That's uh, it. And, and that's Travis Scammer goes off. Yeah. That's, that's all. Good night, Travis. Good night. Thank you. So, uh, one thing that I have learned, uh, first off, Travis, that was very well said. That was well said. Nice job. Um, but what I've learned is apparently the pin, the pinball demographic is Tom Graff because he's bought every new, like you've bought every new release from every company in the last year. So it's like, they're hitting you apparently from all angles, Tom. And you are a lot of cavities in the grass households. (laughs) You are just, well, he's selling games. He's flipping stuff, but it's uh, apparently right now. It seems this is my first, uh, CGC bought made. Yeah. But you got this, you got Godfather, you got Foo Fighters LE. I had you, a, you bought a I had Pro. a sell game. You did. I mean, but it's I'm, not money doesn't grow on trees. I don't have a fucking money tree outside. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he has an I, obsession, Joel. I know he does, is. but I'm saying like clearly they're doing something right. A lot of these companies are doing something right with picking good, relevant licenses and good, relevant themes. And then that on top of that, actually true. making really good games. There's like a lot the of good pinballs out there. Yeah, it's right. it's yeah. it's a pretty good time to be in the hobby. Yeah. Certainly, if you've been around as long as I've have and, and experienced some of the darker years, it's like don't don't take this era for granted because it takes a lot of good people to make a lot of good games. So fantastic transition because um, one one era that I take for granted, like I when I got I've been in the hobby I don't know six years at this point and like I am all in on modern games and let's bring I just, you back to the nineties, Joel. Let's do yes, it. Let's I was all in it. on modern games and uh, most people know, but Zach of flipping out lets me borrow games to stream. And no way. When <laughs> no way. Yeah. <laughs> Shocker, yeah. <laughs> I did not. I don't own this game right there. I don't own that. Yeah. Um. Or this. Um. But Zach, <laughs> let me borrow. Uh, Zach, let me borrow Cactus Canyon. And I will tell you, when I put it in the back of the car, I I was just like, whatever. This will fill the gap for the next month or two. Like I just, I was, I wasn't expecting much because it's it's a in my mind it's a rather simple basic game. And I have people telling me it's too easy. It's too easy. So. I will tell you, I and most people know this, they've heard me gush on it for the last, I don't know, however many months. I loved it. I absolutely loved the game, had a blast with the game. And just to clarify, that game was unfinished when it was originally made. CGC has remade the game, and they did finish the code, as in there is a wizard mode in the game. There are a few other little things, like they've completed the code, technically. But Josh, you and Lyman were put in a position where you've had the opportunity to go farther. Is there, I mean... Is there a particular reason that they picked Cactus Canyon to do this? Or have they thought about doing this with other games in the past? Or is it just... I mean, I think Doug sorted... I mean, what he did is he did he did the big three remakes first, which were which was, yeah. you know, hey, just make Lyman games should be fine. And then he ran out of that. <laughs> and I think he sorted his spreadsheet by market value rather than by quality of game. Okay. And quickly realized that and, and i told him i'm like 
yeah, Cactus goes for way too much money because it's rare, not because it's good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, an opportunity came along for even before Lyman and I were involved, the CGTC team was did a, a whole lot of due diligence to try to finish the game because I think everyone quickly realized like the, it was not a shippable product. Yeah, it, and they were they were too far into it before they realized it wasn't a, a really great game. And they, I mean, they still would have done fine selling '90s cactus to enough people, probably. But you know, that same thing, focusing on quality product and trying to sell a lot of units of one investment in the development of a game is, uh, you know, they've they've taken the time and resources to try and finish that and and the ability for Lyman to become available after Elvira was wrapping up over on the Stern side and uh, the ability for me to be around and help whether, whether I'm asked to help or not, I just help (laughs) that hasn't changed in 30 years. I keep doing it. The uh, yeah, man. I mean, they, they took the task of, of trying to finish the game and, Lyman and I had a an even more entertaining task of of trying to make the best version of Cactus that could ever be made if you had yeah. all the time and resources to do it. Yeah, which is really interesting because it's kind of what you were saying before. You've been in a situation where a designer had an insert on a play field that was empty, and they're looking at you as go. Well, oh yeah. Well, man, technically, the, the number of inserts we wanted to change on this yeah. thing. Holy moly! <laughs> technically, cactus. Every insert does something. I mean, it, it, it technically it's done, but you you guys have sat down and brainstormed how much further you want to take it. And and I know you've said before, like you have beta code on your game. So you already have stuff on yours that's, oh, yeah. that's different than others. Yeah, I think that was probably the biggest, like the misinformation that, that I've been hearing is, you know, nothing's done. And obviously yeah. like that, yes, there were words that I said about stuff not being done. But like, if any of you guys came over and played this right now, I have no doubt you'd love it already. Nice. The the things that I mean the the core at least for for Travis and Tom, where the points come from in the game, are radically different than the game that is available to play right now, and a lot of that came from you know Lyman and I wanting to, you know since the nineties I, I I mean I kind of pin it at ACDC, Lyman kind of revolutionized pinball software into risk and reward being the primary focus of of playing a ball and you know something as simple as song jackpot and acdc where everything you did you know there weren't modes in the game the way that you if you grew up in the 90s there there was a there was a known understanding of what modes were in pinball and acdc it's like well yeah there's there's songs it's like, well, are they modes? Not really. Like, what? <laughs> they're shots, yeah, and it's yeah. like it all feeds this one thing, and it's like you know, pfft, when that thing came out, and you're just like, well, well, you build it as long as you want, man. Go crazy. If you drain, it's gone. But yeah. you know, build it as long, and it's like, oh my god, this is awesome. You know, the intensity as you keep going, the intensity ratchets up. Things get 
more exciting because the numbers are getting bigger and the pain of failure increases when things don't go your way. And Cactus had none of that. And the cactus that exists right now has none of that. My cactus has all of that. Ooh. Well, that's that's something that I think people have always said the game's easy. I know it's they say it's easy from a shallow standpoint. Like the modes, you start a mode, it's like two shots, you're done with the mode. But I also know it is a very forgiving layout. I I mean, what what can you is there anything you can do about the the layout besides just jack up the back more and and open up your outlines? I mean, that's is it. there anything that that's, that's all you, you can make it physically more difficult? Like turn off okay. the ball yeah. save. Raise your out lane. I mean, mine plays yeah, like yeah. a bitch. Sensitive slings. Sensitive slings. If you okay. take those needle nose pliers and get them yeah. so they're just like like that far apart. Yeah. <laughs> and there, that's if, the if you do movie. that, Joel, that will rock your world. Like, I, my world is already being far. rocked, Travis. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm telling uh, you. <laughs> Sensitive slings are the worst um, out of everything. I, I would deal with open out lanes. I don't mind like a high pitch, but if yeah. you have sensitive slings and you're, you're expecting the ball to not like zing this way, that's like, yeah, it's a mind. Oh, it zanged. It zinged and zinged. Yeah, well, it does a lot of stuff, doesn't it? <laughs> um, what else? So with this code that you are, so first off, you had made a pinside post saying, um, uh, unfortunately, after Lyman's passing, there really hasn't been any progress, but CGC is still... Like I know you are absolutely planning on pushing for this to to happen. You are still reassuring that, yes. that this is and a that priority. That post is now old news because we've had some progress this week. So oh, stuff, that's awesome. Stuff, stuff's happening. Stuff's happening. Okay, that's really exciting. Uh, is the plan when that when it, when that's released? Is the plan going to be like uh, when you push the start button, you get a pick, or is it something you do in the no, settings th- of the game? It's, like it's it'll in, always yeah, be one you way, go, or always be the other. So I think right now everyone has two settings, which is OG '90s Cactus yeah. and whatever. I mean, what is what is Current? the yeah, yeah like completed Cactus, okay. and then I think ours is called Extended Cactus or something. That my game has three settings. Everyone, your game has two. Yeah, look, fancy you. Yeah, Um, (laughs) that's why they pay me the big bucks, Joel. (laughs) Uh, Last question, and maybe you can or cannot answer this, but rumors are that there's a hardware component. There's a new hardware component in this game. How, if there is, hypothetically, Mm. how would that impact the current version of the code, or does it? Or, I mean, like if I want to switch between current and your extended. Am I going to have to physically remove something from the game or is it, no, is it really interfere? I think, and I have not actually seen any hardware yet myself. I've okay. seen drawings of stuff, but I haven't seen, nothing's in my game. And uh, I know that in code for at least whatever, the completed and the extended versions will both be able to handle this hardware. Okay. The OG, that's a great question, Joel. I have to email Ch- oh, well, that, Chicago Gaming about nobody that. Nobody wants to play that anymore, the OG one, yeah. And so I, have the a feeling, hardware... I have a feeling it would freak out <laughs> yeah. at having additional components on it trying to run and, that code. And just to confirm, the additional hardware is a third flipper, right? We just, we're just, we just, <laughs> no, I don't know where you put <laughs> it. Precision <laughs> flipper. There we go. Oh, that's God. right. That's right. Well, cool. I know um, I am in on a on an SE plus. Uh, I I'm very much looking forward to it. And I know there was a time where Tom was in on one. And I know at the time, Tom, you said your biggest push for that was this extended code. We'll, so get, I, we'll I have, get you back, Tom. Yeah, I have no it. doubt Probably that when will. this code comes out, 
Um, and that'll be an interesting thing to see how CGC handles that. Because if now all of a sudden this code comes out and only the current owners have a chance to experience it, and then all these other people experience it and go, holy crap, this game's incredible, but CGC isn't making them anymore. Like, I hope, I'll be curious to see how they handle that. Um, which is actually... They'll build more, man. Build good, because... So that's it's an interesting transition because and this is this is the point in the podcast where Josh feel free to contribute as much or as little as you want because I don't want you to be in any sort of uncomfortable situation um, with the words that you say but I, you seem like you're one of those guys that you're going to say it regardless. I'll, I'll yeah, um, there's nothing. I'll, I'll say it to whoever's <laughs> face, yeah. so and that doesn't bother me. Yeah. So what what I'm transitioning to is haggis. Haggis Pinball, Haggis had, um, they were at TPF and there was a chance that people played Fathom. People played Fathom. And this is a game that very few people had played over here in the US. And TPS all of a sudden, um, people loved it. TPF, TPF. I was like, I'm saying that wrong. Um, People loved it. People had a really, really good, um, they really enjoyed it, myself included. Well, Damien actually put out a video uh, early this week where he basically said, hey, guess what? All the Mermaid editions are sold out. But now that people have had a chance to try the 2.0 code, Marty's code, they've gotten a lot of feedback of people being upset that they can't buy it. Like, And, and some people would say, snooze, you lose. But what's interesting is Haggis is saying, okay, we're going to open it up. We're going to open up the books again, and we're going to allow people to buy classic version with the 2.0 code and when i read that or when i saw the video i was like oh, that's cool i like i to me i actually thought of cactus canyon the se plus to me the topper is incredible it, it it's an added mode to the game like it's a unique experience i missed out on the le but you know what i'm happy to pay more for that and that's what i'm seeing in haggis so people are buying the classic plus which has the 2.0 code. But to my surprise, like everything else in pinball, there are people that are upset about this <laughs> about this idea. So the three of you, any thoughts when you read that? Were you upset? Were you, oh boy, you got the lawn chair out. You're ready to see how this is going to unfold. I don't know. What were your thoughts when, when you saw that announcement? I, I knew people were going to be upset, but I didn't really give a shit. <laughs> there you go. That a boy, Tom. <laughs> Travis is shaking his head. Good night, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Thoughts on that? I just I thought it was ballsy. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like I kind of forget how they initially said what the Mermaid Edition was going to be, whether or not this rule set was supposed to be exclusive. It so, was okay. So you had to go Mermaid if you wanted to. Right. Right. So judging by that. I mean, honestly, if, if it was my decision, I would be like, no, don't do it. We don't need to piss off like our most valued customers. Cause let's face facts. Like of course every customer, you know, is valued, you know, but the reality is if somebody's willing to buy your top tier machine or your top tier product, they're showing that they're basically like the super fan of that particular product. So I, I would think the last thing you want to do, especially if you're intentions is to have additional games coming out in the future you don't want to necessarily anger those people because at the same time that you're doing that you might be accidentally devaluing the i guess the the allure or the i i guess just making somebody want to have that machine like you have to have a big difference in it and you'll have certain people that the big differences that they see might be cosmetic but you do have a lot of people that the big differences that they see is 
software. So it, when you remove that exclusiveness to it, you're basically indicating to your customer base, like, hey, this is what we're going to do now, which means we're probably going to do that in the future too. So if I'm in on a Fathom, right, like a main LE, why do I want to turn around if I'm motivated by additional code and I'm motivated by those things? Why would I want to spend money again in the future? So that's my biggest concern with it. I don't know if that juice was worth the squeeze, but they've decided to do that. But I think, didn't they decide that it was only going to be available for like two or three two weeks. weeks for two and, weeks? Yeah. And the other so it's side basically of that, so still limited. It is in a way, yeah. But you're also paying more, like at least. So me, maybe it doesn't I'm the matter. Idiot like with- it doesn't. The people they buy, they don't buy off the math. They don't think of it that way. It, it's emotion. Like anytime that you're you're buying pinball, right? Yeah. It's or any high value product that's a luxury item, you're buying it off emotion. You're buying it off the flex. You're not thinking, oh. I'm saving $200 here. Oh, I'm saving $300 here. Oh, I I have $2,000 more value than this person. You might be thinking that if you're trying to resell it or if you plan on selling it. But, you know, overall, I think a lot of people, the buyer base, they buy luxury items based off the emotion of it, not necessarily like how much money they might be saving. Like there's just a lot of people not motivated by that. So, of course, when you have a product like this that only has so many units available, that's the way that they're going to be looking at it. Like the vast majority are going to be looking at that. Plus two, consider this, Joel. There's a lot of people that bought this game day one and yeah. they had they to wait a it. long. Yeah, they, yeah, they've had to wait a long time. Now, all of a sudden they see, wait, the one thing, the number one thing I valued the most out of this product, I could have got it anyways for less. And I could have had that money doing something else with it. So, I mean, yeah, it's just a risk. It's yeah. a massive risk. And I don't know if that's necessarily worth it. And I don't know what the, what the motivation is, but let's face facts. When you're running a business, your motivation isn't just always, well, I just want to please the customer. Like you have to hit bottom lines. You have to build revenue. You have to hit margins. That's just the reality of it because you have to have healthy cash flow. If you don't have that, well, you don't have a business, right? That's just business 101. So, I mean, it's, I, I don't know. I, it's not something that I would have recommended them doing, just knowing just the emotional part of it. but. If they find that it's successful for them, then I don't know, maybe they're onto something, but at least now moving forward, people know that, Hey, this could potentially happen, that you could get a top tier version that has something that's exclusive, but that exclusive is actually a window. Like it's not going to be exclusive in perpetuity. It's going to be exclusive up to a certain time frame, And then something's released to everybody else. I think if they show that their rule sets, that they're going to do something like that in the future, that might be how they get some people back. But it's just, it's, it's dangerous. You, you got to be careful angering your super fans. I mean, and people that buy your top tier product, that is your super fan. Yeah. I, it's, a, it's a risk. It's a risk. And you don't know if the risk was worth it until it's later. Um, right. And I, I think we dealt with that. You know how many people want an SE plus for Pulp Fiction so they can get yeah. the topper? That's yeah. like the most popular email that we get. And there was this expectation of like, this is going to happen, right? Because it just happened with Cactus. <laughs> and I, you know, I have been a very strong proponent of like, we, at least in discussing with the team before we launched, I mean, I was of the fear of like, we're not going to even sell out of Ellie's. This thing's going to be a fucking disaster. <laughs> that, that was where my headspace was. Yeah. And yeah. if we can use 
that exclusivity that Travis was talking about when it comes to the features that the LE has to create that FOMO to be able to tell me that we sold out of our LEs, I'm good. And and telling the rest of the team, like, that's good enough for me. Could we have done 2,000 LEs? Probably. But, like, for me, it needed to be a number that was enough to get people to act because that's the only way that, for us, the project's profitable. So it's finding that balance of... You know, if you, you have 10,000 LEs, it's not an LE. And and people will not worry about getting their order in right away. So it's like, where is that line to make sure that there's a run on the bank in that moment? Because you're able, through your marketing materials or whatever, generate that excitement for someone to make an emotional purchase in a, yeah. at a moment in time. And that's just how the market is now. Like, I don't, outside of Keith Owen games... I don't buy anything unless I've played it. I am like old school. I need to know that I like the game before I'm willing to invest my dollars in it. And like for me, that means I never get an LE because, you know, those are sold on FOMO, you know, instantly. And I'm that's something that I am okay with based on my buying personality. But recognizing that that there's a large enough market that doesn't have my buying personality you got to take advantage of that. And how far can you push that without alienating that group? I think Travis kind of nailed it. Like clearly Chicago gaming did it with cactus, took some shit, took some people that were happy. It didn't affect pulp and whether that happened to be because of our involvement on the raw thrills play mechanic side. I don't know, but for, I mean, Chicago gaming's building and selling the game to their customers, their dealers, it's all going through them that they're, they're kind of coming out of the cactus situation with maybe some pissed off people, but unscathed. So, you know, it's maybe hopefully for the haggis guys, you know, I I like what those guys are doing. I've not played fathom yet. I look forward to doing it, but hopefully it's a lot of chirping of people that wanted to be the coolest person and (laughs) nobody else can be cool. And for them, those people will, get over it and move on or they won't. Do you think though that it like, like when I, so I, when I think about Stern, I think of the difference between an LE and a premium. And the truth is the difference between an LE and a premium is cosmetic. It's just cosmetic. And the, and as of right now, the difference between uh, a, a Cactus Canyon LE or a standard edition is cosmetic. It's just cosmetic. So that's not exactly true, which is, was actually the decision point that okay. Doug at Chicago Gaming and he, believe me, it was pain. It was painful for him to have to decide what to do, and because of the way that the topper is integrated into gameplay, not yep. the way that like pull fig, like hey, the the things interact as you yep. do things on the playfield. Like no, there is a mode in the game that is directly linked to that experience. That crossed the line for him in terms of yeah. wanting to make sure that someone that they did have a version that was only cosmetically different. Yeah. That's where and, he and drew I, the line. I completely agree with it. That's the thing. After yeah. borrowing the LE and seeing how involved that topper is in the game, to me it's like if I'm going to own the game, I have to I have to have that topper. And and that's that's the thing though that I think is interesting is is with Fathom though, this is this is a drastically different game, the 2.0 
to the classic. I mean, it has displays that are in the apron that have to be there. It's a completely different rule set. So to me, I, I don't like, I feel like this is different though, because yeah, it's, it's a completely different game that people missed out on the opportunity to buy. I don't, I I'm just saying, should this be looked at differently because it's, it's code. It's actually a, a game that people, but if you're saying Travis, that there's a whole lot of people that bought the mermaid edition, not because of the, the shiny uh, print on the side and the Chrome metal, they bought it purely because of the 2.0 code. And now you're going to let anybody buy it. I mean, it's just one of those things. If you make decisions in business, you're going to make some people happy. You're going to piss some people off. And you yeah. just try to find that equilibrium that it doesn't hurt business, you. Business, ranking systems, every decision in life. <laughs> yeah, almost, every, everything, everything. But yeah. I, I will say this, and this is almost, this will be a case study when you look at Fathom and we can compare it to Pulp Fiction, right? I can almost guarantee, like I'm pretty close to guaranteeing that if CGC and Josh teamed up for a game again, right? They would probably sell out the LE at a higher price point at this point. And why is that? Is because consumer behavior, right? They hit all the emotional parts that they needed to right now. Like they hit a home run with that and people responded to that in droves. And as long as they maintain that trust, guess what? That's like a rocket ship for your next product. We saw the same thing happen with spooky. Yeah. Right. I mean, dealing with uh, coming out of Rick and Morty and then going into Halloween and Ultraman. And then we saw what happened. Consumers kind of lost that trust with Scooby-Doo. So it's just, it's ebbs and flows and you just got to be careful with that. And there's a lot of decisions that goes into that. But I think this is, this will be an interesting case study that I think the next game that CGC puts out, if they go that route again with Pulp Fiction, along with Josh and everybody else, I think that the price point for that would be, would command much higher. And I think it would still sell out. Now you compare that now with what Haggis is doing. Let's say that they come out. I don't know what the next game is. Let's say it's Centaur. Do they end up selling out of their like main LE of that now? Or do people kind of take a step back and they're like, well, wait, you know, is this just cosmetic? Because you're not, you're not going to have that trust anymore yeah. with saying, I have this extra thing right here for you to buy day one. Because you don't know if that extra thing is going to be exclusive. You just, you don't know yet until they come out and they say, hey, this is exclusive. No matter what, we're not going back. But you shouldn't have to put your company in that spot to have to explain that to people. Like people should be able to have that trust on day one. Cause we saw what happened with the whole exclusive thing with the topper that's right behind you on bond. Right? <laughs> exclusive like, to this. Yeah. And it's other just, bonds. Yeah. 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 It's just uh, people, when you're spending this type of money, it is an emotional purchase a lot of the time. Tom, and so people just got to realize that they got to be careful with that. Tom, you are the most experienced LE buyer in this group. Do you feel, I don't know, is this when, is the exclusivity part of the LE like really important to you or is it just you just want to have the the best version of the game you don't really care like what's i don't know if you were in on a fathom right now would this upset you uh yeah maybe a little bit uh yeah i mean if i spent all that money thinking that it was going to be exclusive to the le and then now now everybody gets it you know it yeah i i guess i would be kind of upset about that even though it, even though the everyone else getting it is actually paying more money than you paid. So what? It's just the fact that, yeah, you thought it was... Yeah. 
Excellent. I mean, okay. it, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the whole point of it being a limited edition, right? Yeah, good I point, mean, yeah. And, you know, I was just looking at their flyer and it, it advertises uh, it as, you know, that Mermaid edition is, is the only one that has that version. So, yeah, I mean, I see why they're doing it. Yeah. But in the same token, it's kind of like, well, we're going to go back on what we said and now we're going to do this and like travis was alluding to well are they going to do that with the next title they're going to release yeah you know and then the title after that it's just i would have gone all in i would have gone all in with the uh we fired the guy that made the flyer because they (laughs) messed up we just caught it now this was always the plan always the plan I, I mean that uh, that would have been smart, right? Yeah. <laughs> It'll be interesting if, if you got to be careful. You yeah. got you got to be very careful because here's here's the other thing, guys, and you've talked about this because this is like a mini golden age of pinball. We're going back through. There's tons of other options out there. Yeah, and people can very quickly remove their dollars from this company and apply uh, it to this company. So yeah. that's why you got to be, and you got to be even more careful if you don't have a great cadence of getting out tons of games. Yeah. I mean, if you're putting out one game every three or four years, and meanwhile, Stern has put out 12 at that time, JJP's put out like another four or five, Spooky's put out several more. You got to be careful with that. Yeah. Well, talk. Yeah. So, fantastic layup here of uh, moving your money from one to another. Clearly, everybody's ready to buy a 2.0 kit for their whirlwind, right? I mean, that's, that's where I'm assuming people are, are canceling orders right now on whatever they have and they're prepared to buy the newly announced Pedretti gaming 2.0 kit for whirlwind. Um, I, I watched the video today. I actually had to go into work. I, I drove into Ohio. I, I had just a second to watch it and my, I, I don't think I've really been able to digest it yet because I, it, it is insanity. Like that video, were, that were looks, you on Pinstead looking for, a I whirlwind? was not, that's the problem. I, I just, I watched the video and I was like, what, what just happened? Like what happened? Like what, like Rudy, like Funhouse went, okay. Funhouse was Funhouse, but then it went dark and it's like Rudy's nightmare castle. Okay. That's they're, they're trying something. That's a unique thing. It's just like, what is I doing? I don't know. I mean, you guys have seen it. I hope you guys have seen it. This Pedretti. And don't tell me now, Josh, that you're somehow involved in this. And I don't want to insult you. <laughs> this is, I, this is, you I wrote the rules. Not. Whirlwind okay. was the first game I ever purchased. <laughs> And uh, I did, I did, I still have it. It's here. So have you bought, did you put in an order for your 2.0 code? I I did not. I sort of, I look at (laughs) at what those guys are doing and it, it actually reminds me a lot of, you know, the discussions that Lyman and I had trying to tackle sort of our version of Cactus Uh 2.0. Sorry, Travis. Jesus. Yeah, Travis, he's had enough. He's offended. (laughs) And, you know, for us, for, for Lyman and I, you know, there's a, a, a great thing that comes to mind is all the people. And, and we had talked to Eric Kripke who did cactus Canyon continued yeah, about yeah. like using some of his content. And he, he allowed, we, we talked with him and we had his blessing. We could use all of his content. Nice. And for Lyman and I, there was something about wanting to stay true to the theme of the game that the inserts, the artwork, the universe that it creates under glass, trying to squeeze more stuff out of the game, but making sure we were always going back to like the, no matter what 
new rooms we built onto this house, the yeah. foundation of the house was there. And yeah, the, I mean, the whirlwind just struck me as like, whoa, <laughs> like there's a lot of stuff and, you know, it looks like it's fun, but it like it wouldn't be a direction that I would go because it there's so much stuff that has nothing to do with the nothing universe, the can the house that is built. It's like having a house and building another house. It's over there, but it's on the same lot. That's sort of like how I, I took it. And you know, well, and, and as, as Lyman has, Lyman has gotten more emails over the years of, of people that were like, you know what you should do for Batman? You should do this. And, and, a lot of those emails came from me over the last 30 years. Like, you know what you should do, Lyman? Yeah. And the joke he always said to me is, is uh, if you want to do something like that, go be a programmer or a rules designer, yeah. and you can do whatever you want because you're the man. I mean, the game is called Whirlwind Total Chaos. So it's it's, it, it's fitting, but I, I mean, the trailer starts out and it's like, look at this dude. He really likes donuts. And coffee, and I'm like, where, where, what are we doing? Like, where, what is going on here? You know. And then we land yeah. on like what grandma's fighting, like an actual piece of crap or yeah, something like it's that. Like, or what was? That? And there's like slime uh. guy, and there's a, it's just like I don't know. I just it, it all happened so fast. I don't they really went know. All what in. I, I was just They're, like, yeah. but my my takeaway coming away from it was like, what, like what, like who, so many people have so much love and respect for whirlwind. And it seems like such a traditional and classic game that, that people, I mean, Josh, you say you still have yours. This is just like, it's one thing to like bring new life into a game. Like, Oh, let's like, but this is, this isn't new life. This is like kill the old game. And here's something brand new that happens to be the same. I, it just seems so drastic to me. Um, I don't know, Tom, <laughs> do you have a whirlwind? Are you going to go buy one? Are you ready to buy I, one? I had a whirlwind. Yeah. Um, I, if I still had it, I don't think I would buy it. And I mean, to me, whirlwind's just this classic game that yeah. pretty much does almost everything right. Yeah. And it's like, why are we changing this? But to like make money, Tom. Well, of course, <laughs> of course. But I could see like, you know, brand new Tom and the, the hobby going, well, this is yeah. cool. It's got modes. It's got a wizard mode now. Like whirlwind doesn't have a wizard mode, you know, and it doesn't have really modes in it. Um, so, I mean, so I think like 10 year ago, 10 years ago, Tom, 15 years ago, Tom might've been like, Oh wow, this is cool. I gotta get this because it's like every other game that I own. Yeah. Whereas, you know, it just to me it's like not necessary, I guess. So so Josh, your Cactus Canyon extended code, you you are introducing some sort of trying time traveling element, and there will be donuts and probably a van aliens and some sort of alien (laughs) involved. And I'm assuming, I don't know, we'll get some knights, you know, maybe it'll be a medieval net, a dragon. One of the most popular questions we got is like, is cowboys versus aliens going to be in it from Cactus Canyon continued? (laughs) And I mean, Lyman and I were both like, no, like show me, show me in this game, like where these aliens exist. And it's just like, it's like, it's a cool mode. I've played it on, you know, Eric's version of the game. And for what that is, it's great. And it's just not a creative thing that we wanted to execute on. But I do think as Tom mentioned, like it's, it is this 
current golden age of pinball that, hey, for a couple thousand bucks, I can just give myself yeah. a new experience. It's it's almost like a P3 light version of like, it's a kit. Well, and if, yeah. if, if I'm paying four grand for a whirlwind or whatever they cost these days, and for two grand, I can have a completely different experience. Yeah. Fuck it. Sure. Why not? <laughs> like, my just, game room has yeah. $300,000 worth of shit in it anyway. What's two grand? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just can't justify it. Like the art. The art is the thing, though, that it, it's one thing to have some game mode that you can enable but it's like, I don't want to change out the, the translate. I don't want to change out art. Play. I mean, maybe somebody does, but it's like, so we got Nuke Nick, which looks like he's some goo. The Piggies is a mode. The scare, Scary Boy. That's a that's a Scarecrow. Uh, run Run Chicken, Chicken Mode. Some sort of Crab Mode. Acid Plant. I mean, Area 51. We got to go Aliens. We got some sort of, oh, the Donut Donald. What? Is, I don't, I mean... I don't know. I just, it seems so absurd. And I will say my other takeaway is uh, one game that I absolutely do truly love from that era is Taxi. And I told myself when they first started making these remakes, I was like, if they actually did a remake of Taxi, that like I'm already tempted to buy one. But if you're telling me now I have a chance to take a Taxi and make it like with deeper code or more modern, like that sounds pretty cool. But now seeing that direction, <laughs> I'm always worried. Like what in the world, how, what are they going to do to Taxi? Are you going to be picking up I don't know. You're going to go to Mars and pick up a Martian and then uh, dig down and pick up some mole person. I don't know. I mean, it's just, I, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like you're describing GTF now. You're, you're starting to it. lean towards that direction. <laughs> then you're going to go save the cows to save the ice cream. Um, what? I don't know. But I do think it's funny is, is um, Hottie. He, he's Frisco pinball. Um, he's on a bunch of the TPN chats and whatnot, but um whirlwind's his favorite all game. in isn't whirlwind's he? his favorite game oh. and his view yep. is like more whirlwind why would this yeah. be a bad like he's he's all in so hey, when you're releasing a kit you don't have to please everybody you just gotta please a few hundred people <laughs> and it, com- it comes do. with the original game on it anyway right so it's like if yeah. you don't like it play the old game still it's fine well the displays are totally so i'm curious like i want to it would probably benefit them to show what the like what what the new code looks like or sorry what the original like game it just it emulates the alphanumeric display numeric okay i don't know i just that was it for current news i <laughs> that just took me by complete surprise. Joel, I just it wasn't sounds like you're that. shitting all over the game. I I just I, my initial impression was what what the heck is like this? It was too much. It was total chaos. I just feel like uh, it just seems so out there. Does Zach, does Zach sell now. this kit? Does Zach sell this kit? You're gonna be out of a gig I doubt, here soon. I, <laughs> I don't think he does. But I know like Zach has a is a super nice condition whirlwind in his pin barn. So I don't for these people that are all in all world like Hottie, if Hottie owns a whirlwind, he's getting it. But for other people, I don't I mean, it doesn't matter if you love the game. That just seems so I don't know. Maybe I'm I if you disagree with us, write in, email us at triple drain at gmail.com or Facebook us or whatever. But I, I am I don't know how to I, I just don't know how to take that. <laughs> it just it seems so crazy. Just crazy. But I mean, Josh, you're the only one here that owns one and you're saying you're not. Nah, I'm good. You're <laughs> <laughs> I but know. i can respect i can respect the effort i can respect yeah. the effort uh the last thing that i did want to talk about or hint at uh not hint at but what 
Foo Fighters. Um, I have a Foo Fighters um, that I'm borrowing currently. Tom now has his LE. Travis has put a lot of time on one. Josh, have you played Foo? Have you I put time on a Foo I Fighters? I played it a very long time ago before it had stuff in it, and I played uh-huh. a game on a show floor. I have not had a chance to dig into Dying. it yet, and I nice. live in fear of my first like real game on it being at some tournament that I have yeah. no idea what to do. It's gonna it's gonna be in Germany. It's, well, is it in, you, is it in the, it's it's not in the EPC list, right? No, it's on like the other yeah, games thing. You're yeah. you're probably not playing in those. Are you? I'm playing in some <laughs> before I have to go set up for worlds, but yeah, I'll well, uh, I'll figure it out. Just what stack a mode and a multi ball and go to town. Well, I actually, mean, if it's in German, I <laughs> <laughs> one one thing that I will say because I want I really want to I want Tom to go into. I want him to go hard in the paint on his thoughts on 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 Foo, but um, I actually streamed it last night with my brother on um, on on the Flipping Out YouTube channel, and Ray was actually on stream with me, so I had Ray on with video and was able to ask him a bunch of questions, and I was blown away. This is the third time I've had Ray essentially do this with me, watch, watch me play and answer questions. He did it with Rush, he did it with Led Zeppelin, but this game, the amount of scoring potential that he's put in this game with multipliers and different things that you can attack and bot frenzy. Do you want to focus on that? Do you want to focus on the sonic radio mode? Do you want to focus on these modes or, or, or maxing out your van? I was just, I'm super impressed. I'm super impressed by um, the, the code in this game. And even though I'm not a points guy, I'm having a blast. I'm having a blast, a blast playing this game. And this is on the pro. So I don't have the, the expression lighting that Tom has. I don't have the upper play field. I'm just really enjoying the heck out of this game. Um, so, Tom, you have your LE, and I think you posted, it was either on Fox Cities or on Triple Drain, you posted on Facebooks. You said, I, I think you said this game has the most flow of any I, game. What? Uh, I, it was I a said bold it statement. Could, I said it could have the best flow of, you know, any game. I, and I do, I do think that. I mean, it's got some awesome, like, I, you know, I think of like Andre Massenkoff, he just kind of goes, goes to town and, uh, that's how I feel on that game. Like all the shots are accessible. Um, you know, there's not a, there's, there's a little bit of stop and go, but it's, it's like hit this ramp, hit this ramp, hit that spinner, go to the side. You know, it, it just, it just, uh, the ball seems to be constantly moving. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, for Jack Danger's, like, I guess technically, like, second design. Yeah. Uh, it's really good. I mean, I'm, I, you know. I think the word, the word that I, that I use, and I, like, Zach and I, my brother to Zach, not flipping out Zach. Like, <laughs> like it's, I, you hear the word thrown around over the years of, like, designs being uninspired. And like the yeah. one word that I would say for Foo Fighters is that it's extremely inspired yes. and, and fresh and, and it's just, it's cool. It's, it's, it's like, it's just, it's a very inspiring thing to look at of yeah. that world that's created that like is super unique and fresh, yeah. you know, in a world where, you know, 10 years ago, there was a lot of like, Oh, it's a Steve Ritchie game. Oh, it's a, this game. It's like, you sort of get used to, and even like, pulp it's like it's a mark ritchie game it's pretty symmetrical it is what it is it's certainly it's it's not super inspired the way that foo fighters is it does its job for what it has to do but you know foo 
is just yeah i'm blown away at at what mr danger was able to do yeah and i i particularly you know i've said this before i particularly don't like mini playfields, but this game like it does not kill the flow on it um i i i like it i i can't say like a negative word about it like i i think it's that good that's awesome that's yeah and and you've got something that nobody else has which is the expression light kit and that's that's something i know how big of an impact that made when i had a led zeppelin pro putting that in the game and the fact that you have that in your rush, they they're selling that now. I don't know how many have got out, if any, for the premium better, owners. That are right there in my uh, yeah Led Zeppelin too. Yeah, I but just, now the fact that you have it in Foo Fighters, I mean, I can better. only imagine that taking it to the next level. So, yeah. uh, the the hype on Foo Fighters, in my opinion, it's real, and that and that's real. What I'm hearing is it's real from all play levels. I know, I know Travis has really enjoyed it. Tom obviously has it. And he just said, he can't say a negative word about it. And here I am at the other end of the, the play spectrum. I'm having a blast on it. I'm having an absolute blast on it. Um, and that's, I'm not necessarily a Foo Fighters fan. Uh, of, of, it's not bad music, but it's not my choice of music, but yet I'm, I'm still really enjoying the game. Um, as the code fleshes out, are you um, like Travis? I, I know you, you're all about those points. Are you seeing different strategies now that that really get you excited, or um, uh, just I just mean, real quick, Travis? Uh, Neil Neil found a bug in it today, and mm. uh, it's like a huge bug that I'll tell you later. I, I can't I can't say what nice. it is because people would just exploit the shit out of it. But and when Ray texts he, us, no, let's no, not he, tell he, him what it is either. No, no, he told Ray right away because it is, it is, it's like, big. It's big. It happens. Good, on your, good on your son. That always used to bug Lyman the most. Does <laughs> he hear about something and it's like these bastards just are t- like, why wouldn't you tell me so I could fix yeah, it instead of yeah, Ray, trying to go Raymond, win a tournament somewhere? All right. So, so I think Raymond's talking- response was, "Oh shit, keep that on the down low." <laughs> <laughs> Well, so we'll we, just throw it on the podcast. That's fine. If yeah, we yeah. are talking about bugs, though, I'll just put it out there. I think the wizard mode on Stranger Things is bugged because I keep getting stopped at the tar unless I'm doing something wrong. Has everybody here been to the wizard mode on Stranger Things except for Joel? Not for a while. <laughs> not, not, not since pre-COVID, man. Well, so there's, like, there's a point in it to where you're supposed to hit, like, I guess all the demodog targets, right? And then the two that are left on the right ramp, I hit them in perpetuity and nothing happens. Like you sure the switch works? No, it works the whole entire <laughs> game up until that point. And I've done this three times now and I'm just like, I don't know what to do. It's really weird because in the past I've gotten through that and gotten to the end because obviously, you know, from what everybody knows you beat that wizard mode. There's a secret wizard behind it, but now it's just like bricked. I don't know if anybody realizes that. So just in case Stern, please check that out. But uh, what was your question earlier, Joel? About- you think who, Lonnie made that game, right? You think Lonnie listens to this? No, probably not. No, <laughs> no. no. Uh, Josh emails all of them. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Josh, Josh yeah. get on this. Fix it, please. <laughs> that, that, yeah, next suggestion. <laughs> Have these two targets work. <laughs> that's the, that's deleted. Yeah, okay. Sorry, uh, what were you saying? Foo Fighter, yeah, it's really good. Like how to how to get points out of it, or what are you oh, talking yeah, about? Oh yeah, that's what Something I was saying. Like as it like as it looks like Ray is continuing to put in more yeah. stuff, and um, 
And just to clarify, we all know that huge bug is clearly Ray's fault. I mean, it's not Tanya. Like, Tanya doesn't make mistakes. But Ray probably, you know, left out a semicolon, right? I mean, that's just... But anyway, so they with the stuff that he's continuing to put in this game, are you... Um, I don't. I just think some of these really cool games that you can just attack them so many different ways. Um, not only from an enjoyability standpoint, but, for, but from also from a tournament standpoint. So you're not locked out of anything. Um, I don't know. Are you getting more excited uh, with some of these modes that he's putting in, or some of these different things that he's sprinkling on top? To uh, well, yeah, it, it it goes back to what I was talking about earlier. That the mark of a fun game is a rule set that guides you throughout the whole entire playfield. It gives you a reason to go for every shot at some point in the game. Cause the last thing you want is just a wood chopper where you're just repeating the same thing over and over and over again, and you're not going to explore anything. So yeah, the, the great thing about this layout is one, it's a dynamic layout, but along with dynamic layouts, you want to have a rule set that encourages you to explore the entire layout. Like that's why Elwin pins crush. And so it's kind of like when I look at Foo Fighters, I think of it this way that Stern Pinball is very much in the Elwin era in which he has multiple games that are put out, right? And the entire pinball industry, they might be inspired by something that he's doing with his layouts, with his rule sets or what have you. It's the same way Lyman ex- inspired a lot of people with how they do their rule sets based off him breaking new ground with stuff. So that's kind of the way that I view Foo Fighters, that... It's it's going more towards that direction, which is a great thing. Like we need more dynamic layouts like that. And we need more rule sets that encourages you to basically explore the entire game and not just be like, I'm just going to hit the left ramp a thousand times and that's it. You know, or I'm just going to zero in on area 51 multiball like all day long and nothing else. You know, I mean, from a tournament standpoint, some games you have to do that. But if you're at home, like you don't necessarily want to do that. And then that's when you get stuck in this. I guess it's just like this death spiral that you want to try to put up a GC and all that. So if you find the way to do it, it's like, well, you're going to be guided that way because, you know, obviously that's where all the points are. But, you know, in terms of Foo Fighters, in terms of like deciding, okay, what's the right way to attack it? It's always hard to say early because with early code, it changes. Yeah. Right. You're, you're going to have your one roadmap, your one way to attack a game through an opener and mid game. But then, if something changes up in future code, like another multiball might be easier to get to or score might be rebalanced or something like that, then you might approach it a little bit differently. So the thing with uh, Raymond codes is it's very multiplier heavy. Like we saw what happened with Rush and I, I'm kind of, I'm not seeing the same thing with Foo Fighters, but I see things that are interesting when you look at the targets on, you know, in the in lanes, you look at the possibilities of kind of piecing together things. And and that's what I enjoy about a rule set. If you have one thing that leads to another and you get rewarded for putting those pieces to the puzzle together in the correct order, I mean, that's, that's what I enjoy about pinball games at the house. So hopefully they keep doing that. I assume they will. I have no reason to think otherwise that they wouldn't, but you know, I I think that that's, that's the fun, that's the fun games to play. I think those are the ones that are long lasting for a lot of people because even if you're a casual and you don't realize that's happening, you're still going to enjoy the journey either way. You know, if it's guiding you to hit this shot because it's on this side, you're not going to care what the score is, but you're still going to, you know, go for that shot. Whereas if you're a tournament player, you might think, well, maybe I might hit this unlit shot here because I'm going to go through an in lane that gives me an X. You know, you might do something like that. Kind of like what happens on walking dead at times. 
you know, so there's just, there's definitely different ways to approach it. I think there's a way to do a rule set that allows that to where you just kind of maybe expand what a player does a little bit more according to their uh, skill, skill level. But overall, I think it's, it's going to sell a lot of units yeah. for a long time. And I think if, if Jack can keep putting out games like that, if the artwork keeps being what it's being, if the stern coders like keep doing what they're doing, it's, I mean, they're going to keep exploding the popularity of pinball and it out. Cause I mean, it's, it's big. And it's the pro time. is cheaper than a punny factory. It's still huge. Yeah. Value. And right. if Josh keeps That's suggesting, right. you know, all the rules to him, then things are going <laughs> to keep working out really well. No, uh, that was one thing that, that Ray was talking about a lot on my stream last night. I didn't realize it, but the right orbit, the way it figurates back and then fills up the Rocco meter, that's how you can get your two and three times play. Like, I had no idea. Yeah, I, you I didn't don't know care that? about I did, you but should, I don't care. You like short plunge too, Joel. You'll I know. I learned that. I learned ah, that too. But it's ah. like, it was, it's just different though when you're playing and, and you have somebody watching you that knows that stuff. Cause Ray's like, Hey, you got your, this going right now. So go ahead and, you know, try to hit the shot now. And, and oh, like, and he gets all excited. Cause it's like, Oh, that was big points. It's like, I, here I am just. Every game needs on to ship with a the Ray mode. in the box. It does. Yeah. More, <laughs> more coach Ray sign me up but no it's a it's a really enjoyable game i'm really enjoying it a lot so if there are people that have uh, a foo fighters on order uh and you don't have it yet be patient it's 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 going to be great it's it's you're really going to enjoy it a lot um i'm having a lot of fun with mine but but i think that's it i think that's roughly it tom was there anything else you wanted to talk about or any other you know words of disgust you wanted to direct towards josh or travis I have no further questions, Your Honor. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Uh, well, I think we're good. I think we're good. I think we can uh, plug it up. So first, I mean, uh, Josh, go for it. Is there anything you want to plug, mention, t- anything? Anything? You you got the floor. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> play, nah. play in Pulp Fiction if you can. Nah. I hope you like it. <laughs> We've oh, already sold awesome. way more than I thought we were going to sell, so I'm, I got yeah. nothing else to say about it. We're 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 good. We're happy. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Travis, plug away, man. Uh yeah, you guys can find me here at the uh, Triple Drain Pinball Podcast, <laughs> and you can see me on Tom Stream Fox City's Pinball whenever he's hosting a tournament, and then hopefully you guys will see me in a couple of weeks when we're all over in Germany, all jet lagged yeah. and everything. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. God. We're going to have to see how the podcast works over the next uh, yeah, month or two. We got we all have stuff coming up, but we'll we'll make it happen. We'll figure it out. Right. Um, we'll do a live podcast and Joel, <laughs> yeah. you better get your ass up at 2 in the yeah. morning and do it with us. Sure, why not? Why not? And I appreciate the show, boys. You guys do yeah. you guys do yeah. a good job. I appreciate that. Thanks, Josh. I appreciate that. Um plug away, Tom. Uh Fox City Spinball. Twitch. Wonderful. YouTube. Wonderful. Um, real quick update: lunchboxes, lunchboxes. Oh yeah. boy! Triple drain lunchboxes. I actually did. We we got some uh, some jo- really good messages. Josh, Josh has kids. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. We got. <laughs> uh, the quick update is I Franchi, talked to a bunch Franchi of did the artwork for you. No, <laughs> okay. he did actually reach out to me though and ask me <laughs> who's doing your lunchbox, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> um, I did reach out to a few companies, and uh, we I have a sample. I have a sample lunchbox coming on order, uh, and we found one that you can actually in order order one at a time and we'll ship directly to you so as soon as the sample gets in if it's good quality boom we'll share that link and we'll go down that route uh but there were people that were like i'd buy a coffee mug hey lucky you it's on silver ball swag now i'd buy a poster <laughs> lucky you it's on silver ball swag now um so any other suggestions stickers i added those silver ball swag anything like that 
if you really actually want anything triple drain, let me know. I'll try to make it happen. We'll see. We'll see what I can do. But uh, I, we love it. We love it that there are people that, that care enough about this to want to buy our merch. I think that's awesome. Um, and yeah, last plug for me would be the the flipping out YouTube stream. Uh, I do it every Wednesday night from 10 to midnight Eastern Standard Time, uh, flipping out with friends and then streaming games and whatnot. So uh, it's a blast. Every but- night? Every Wednesday night. Oh, every Wednesday. I'm like, dang, yeah, geez, man. No. Every, oh, my no, goodness. Yeah. No, every Wednesday night. But that's... Uh, that would yeah. be gross. He would be gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got a two and a... Or a three and a four and a half year old now, and I I, I would... No. Oh, yeah. No. God I, bless you. All right. Well, like always, Tom, you get the last words. I got to let Josh have the last word here. What? Okay, yeah. all right. Safe travels to Germany, too, out of the, the three of you guys. And Joel, next year, California, IFPA 19. Ooh, you got, baby. You got seven months to rack up some Whoppers, man. You can get there. <laughs> the rack up Whoppers. There's, no, it'll, our rules it'll have me. no coaching. I will make an exception for you. You can bring Raymond <laughs> along, and I will allow him to stand next to you in every event. Damn. Coach me? Yeah. Uh, it'll take me seven months of permission from my wife to just <laughs> oh, I know. a trip out to California. <laughs> all, of, all of the brownie points I've earned in our 21 years together are about to be spent here in three weeks. Awesome. Oh, my God. I would go to Expo to watch that. To if watch Raymond, could, act, if Raymond <laughs> could actually stand right next to you and try to coach you through those games. Uh, Raymond, help me, please. <laughs> all right. Uh, we need a last word. Anybody? Bye. <laughs>